This is episode 41 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, Noah. And joining me is Patrick and Sam. How are you guys doing? We are at the end of our Batman retrospective. It's been, feels like centuries, <laughs> honestly, but here we are. How are y'all doing? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Yeah, doing doing well. Looking, for, looking forward to this uh, finishing up, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we are finally at the end, and... Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. I mean, we have gone through the Bad Max series, the Pirates of the Caribbean series, and we still haven't finished the Batman series. But now we're going to, um, and I'm excited. I we're gonna have all our rankings here, and then we're also gonna talk about the final Bat movie, The Dark Knight Rises, because we're not talking about the Lego Bat movie because that's kind of part of the Lego universe. And if we ever do a, a Lego series, uh, then we'll talk about that. But um. I'm excited because uh, I feel like out of uh, all the Batman movies we've done, this is kind of the one that people are most mixed on at sometimes. I, I, that's how I feel just with, uh, I, I mean, everyone, I think most, for the most part, everyone will agree Batman, Robin, and Batman Forever are not very good movies. Um, but with uh, the Dark Knight Rises, I feel like it's got some people who really like it, and then it's got some people who are like, "No, nah, this wasn't that good." Um, so I'll be excited to see what all of us think about it. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about what we've seen recently. So, um, Sam, you want to go ahead and start us uh, off? Sure. So, uh, movie I haven't watched uh, very many movies this month. Uh, I but recently, I've been we watched, uh, of course, The Mandalorian. So uh, season two of that's back on. So uh, loving The Mandalorian, and then been watching another like a western drama called um, Yellowstone, starring Kevin Costner. Uh, right. Yeah, I've heard big yeah, things it, about it, that. It's good. It's uh, it, it's <laughs> if you can consider a western and a noir because it's just it's just like dark and there's <laughs> like very little happiness yeah. in that show but it's uh it's pretty good you know it's a mm. it's a dark drama and, and uh yeah movie wise um i've been kind of been kind of on a sci-fi kick i watched the uh the re the prequel to the thing um yeah oh yeah that yeah. was uh i, I really actually really enjoy i mean I, I liked the first one a lot and uh enjoyed that one it's kind of weird because i just call it the thing and uh so you don't know which one you're getting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, there's like three, right? I, I, this, there's yeah, just two. Just, I I'm, think. I'm just aware of the two. There could be a, uh, there could be a like direct to TV sequel or something like that. But I, I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Now I think there's um, there is one like one in like the 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 50s or 60s. I yeah. think that they did. Uh, that that was the older one. I think that's called like the thing from outer space, oh, whatever. Yeah. But it's but it's what John Carpenter based um, his movie off of. So I guess you could say that there are three movies centered around that creature. But um, yeah, that the thing by John Carpenter was one that I actually had on my list that I saw. Um, and I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it quite a bit. Yeah. I, I like Kurt Russell and I like John Carpenter. And I, I really yeah, that, that that's one. a good one. And then um, the, the prequels, I, I feel like it's almost like a, a remake <laughs> Because it, it's kind of yeah. Kinda, I mean, the, there's only so much you can do when you're stuck in Antarctica with uh, you know, with the that type of alien. But uh, it, it's really, I mean, mm-hmm. it's really similar. I, I didn't think it was 
I mean, I felt it was in the same vein as the uh, as the original. So I mean, it, it was you know it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer for that right after I saw the movie, and I was like, okay, what's this like? And I saw it, and uh, then I was like, oh, this is definitely a remake. I, I can already tell. And then it's like, you've heard of the story with blah blah blah, but here's what happened before that. And I was like, wait, this is a this is a prequel? I, I thought this yeah, was a it, remake. Uh, it it but... really it, it kind of it was kind of both to me. Maybe. I don't know. It it was good though. I liked it, but it I wouldn't. It's a prequel, but it's it felt like a remake all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Since since you saw the prequel, does it lead more into CGI than that original one does? Because I mean, the original I don't think it has any CGI. It's mostly yeah, practical, it's... and I would imagine that a twenty um, first century retelling of that story would just use CGI. It, it looked. It looked a lot, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of CGI in it. They could have done some practical effects, but, um, you know, I, um, it, it was definitely CGI uh, a lot. I mean, the, yeah. the original, like, when you rewatch, I mean, it was, what, 84, maybe? 82? Yeah, I think you're uh, right, 84. I mean, they were still big into practical effects. Um, so, and I think John Carpenter was just... I think he was known for making practical effects, but it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely CGI. You can, you can tell it's CGI, but, um, I, it wasn't so, so bad, uh, on CGI that it looks terrible. If you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. get it. And then the, the other only kind of newer movie I watched was Terminator Dark Fate. And, uh, yeah, oh, it was, yeah. um, uh, it's it was it was pretty good. Um, I I just <laughs> it, it, like kind of ignored all the other Terminator movies and just did a direct sequel to T two. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. but it, it was uh, it was good. You know, um, it's always good to see Arnold reprising his uh, his right. most famous role. <laughs> the Iceman. What do you mean, Sam? Mr. Freeze, that's what he's known for. That or or Conan, you know, the original Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, that was, I've heard a lot of people say, like, Dark Fate's, like, right up there with the first two, but then some people just say, yeah, it's just as bad as all the other ones. Where are you at with the Terminator series, Sam? Um, Are you a fan? I I definitely like the uh, the first two, and... uh, Mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy Dark Fate. Um, uh, it just kind of was like a. It, it felt like they it felt like they were trying to relaunch the whole series because uh, you know kind of. Yeah, that's what they were. They were going to make two more. I think. Yeah. They had it, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was good. Uh, good enough that I, I was kind of glad mm-hmm. I didn't pay any money to see it in the theater. But uh, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah, definitely the perfect stay yes. at home movie. I, I, I would think I liked it. Um. For most most of the other movies were were okay. What was the, the one with Christian Bale? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Salvation. Yeah, Salvation. Salvation. Um, I felt it was like a video game because every time you know he just kept fighting like yeah. bigger and bigger bad guys. <laughs> yeah, until to the end. But uh, it's a Terminator. You can't you can't get much better than T two <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But that's that's pretty much all I've watched recently since last we talked. 
All right, cool. Say, uh, Patrick, how about um, you? I haven't been watching too many movies. I'm still watching the Andy Griffith Show and uh, Cowboy Bebop, but I did watch one or two that blew me away. Okay, I'm gonna start with one that is one of my favorite movies. Now it's called Koyan Scotsi uh, by Godfrey Reggio. Okay. This is like 1985, I think. So right after the first thing. Um, and I don't really know how to explain it. It's it's kind of like a documentary, but it's a silent film. Um, but it's got a really cool score mm. by Philip Glass, which is uh, why I watched it, actually. I found this, came across the score and thought it was really great. So I wanted to see the, the movie, and it was also very good. But I, I don't know if it's for everyone, but it would definitely be look uh, worth looking into. And what else did I watch? I watched uh, Blue is the Warmest Color from, I think, like 2011 or 2013, maybe. Um, that was pretty good, pretty uh, pretty intense on, like, the the content. But the, uh, the main actresses, the two lead characters, were really good. Um, so I'm big into great performances. So that's what I enjoyed most about that one. And, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I also watched Midnight in Paris by uh, Woody, Woody Allen. Yeah. Which was very funny, but you know, it's still just a romantic comedy with a, with a neat little twist at the end of the day. So I didn't love it, but I do like Owen Wilson a lot. I love him in all the Wes Anderson movies I've seen him in. Mm. So yeah, that was, that one was fun. And that's pretty much it. Very cool. Uh, for me, so, all right, here's what I've seen. I saw Thread uh, with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis by, and by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, and uh, this was very, very good, I have to say. I, I, uh, I need to rewatch There Will Be Blood, which I remember, I remember liking it, but, like, not – like loving it a whole lot, and maybe that's just because where I was at watching these at the time, like I was just not interested in this style of um, film. Uh, but kind of having expanded what I've seen now, I I found Phantom Thread to be absolutely fantastic. I th- I really think Day of the Day Lewis was really good. The score was really good. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's direction, I really liked it. It felt very much of like a, a classical. Uh, type of movie just with it where, where it's set and the time period and all that but like not overdoing it uh, it just felt very subtle but it was so cool just to see like uh, the, all the dress and stuff and of course this movie won for best costume design I don't know how it wouldn't but uh, really Daniel Day-Lewis is just what I continue to think about after seeing the movie is just how good he was at it just every m- movement he makes in the movie is just just so you're completely invested in his performance. I thought the um, the main actress of the movie she was very good as well. Uh, definitely a a high note to go out on for sure. This I think this is his last movie until he retired, <laughs> uh, and I think this is a really good highlight, a, a very yeah, good he's highlight retired to go out like on six times. Um, but then, <laughs> yeah, see, I, I didn't know that actually. I thought this was. Uh, the only time he retired, I'm sure he'll probably come back then. Maybe 
What do you I think, Patrick? Do you Maybe think he'll come back? The, the final straw. Maybe the camel's back has been crushed, and he's just gonna hide away somewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. He's had a great career. You. Yeah, have you? You've seen oh, yeah, Faith and Fred, right, Patrick? I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but I definitely appreciate his direction for this. And for Halloween, it's uh, I saw The Conjuring, which uh, was probably I ended my Halloween slash horror movie marathon <laughs> on a really high note because this is probably like the scariest movie I've seen, and. I haven't seen many like just terrifying movies and you know most of the movies I saw last month were uh just kind of classics I didn't expect to be horrified by but like you know like Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream had their scary moments but weren't just yeah. terrifying overall mm-hmm. but the conjuring <laughs> like oh my gosh and we uh we had uh friends upstairs uh mom and dad had a few friends over and we're I'm watching it and one of them sneaks over, and I'm downstairs, and they bang <laughs> on one of the windows, and I just jump right out of my seat and just turn around. And it was, like, one of the most intense parts of the movie. And then, like, banging is, like, the whole point of this movie. Like, it's, like, clapping hands or banging on doors. Like, that's where, like, the tension comes from. And then, like, when I hear guys, <laughs> I just jump right out of my seat. Uh, but it was very good. Definitely the scariest movie I've seen. Um, I I haven't seen many of these. I haven't seen any of this Exorcist, um, like demon type of movie where you know, with exorcism and all that. So I really enjoyed kind of seeing that mythology being introduced to me. Well, I'm sure that like movies like The Exorcist might even be better. Um, but I really liked this quite a bit. Um, I also saw. The Fast oh, and nice. Furious, um, which I just, yeah, I just kind of felt like, you know, I've been, I've kind of been giving this franchise a hard time for a while <laughs> when I've only seen the Hobbs and Shaw movie and that's it. Like, so I was like, maybe I've been too hard on it. Like, maybe I need to see where it all began. And um, honestly, it, it, it was a lot different than the things I've been criticizing this franchise, this franchise for. And I feel like normally when I'm criticizing it, like these big blockbuster franchises, I'm criticizing Transformers, which is another series <laughs> I haven't seen a whole lot of. Um, but um, Fast and Furious, which came out in 2001, I think has a very feeling style for some people. I wasn't really like this was the world I was sucked into, but I kind of understood why this was a success and why a whole franchise has spawned from this movie. Um, I was surprised that Vin Diesel is the best <laughs> actor in this movie. Um, I, I thought he was actually, he's pretty good. Everyone else sucked, though. <laughs> like, I didn't think anyone else was good in this. Like, Paul Walker, like, he's a big deal, and you know, with his death and all, like, I think it made up even 10 times just people think about more. Uh, but he sucked at this. <laughs> like, he was not good, and sorry for Paul Walker fans, but hopefully he gets better in this series because he was just not good. I thought that Vin Diesel, like, did some really pathetic stuff by, like, robbing, like, it's stealing 
DVD players. I was just like, this is the big crime of the movie is he steals DVD players. That was just like, that's so <laughs> pathetic, honestly. Like, it's not anything cool. He's like, I'm just kind of envisioning Vin Diesel out on the street, like, selling selling DVD players, trying to make a, a few bucks. But the, I thought the writing was really just... And I know that I'm not supposed to come into this series, like, wanting just really good writing, but, like, it was just noticeably bad. And that was just kind of where it lost me. Um, but uh, it was... I, I didn't like it, honestly, but I, I understand the appeal of why people like this. For me, I just would like a little bit more from movies, and this was just not it. Um, but I do... I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. I'll see the second one. I've heard Fast Five is the best of the whole series, so that's kind of what I'm really building up to. Um, but yeah, this was not great, but I'll continue to follow this series. Have any of you guys... I know, Patrick, you've seen Fast and Furious. What do you guys think of this first movie? Um, I actually haven't seen... Oh, I might have seen the first one, but I don't really remember. It's kind of forgettable. <laughs> uh, they, they start blending together after you've seen one. Yeah. one. But the one that does stand out is Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. That That's always a fun time. I feel like that's kind of the cult one I, I, of, the, of the whole series is when the Tokyo Drift came out. Like that was kind of what it did. It wasn't received very well, but now people... Yeah, it's definitely uh, like the most different from the standard... Uh, mm-hmm. formula that they go for, but you know it's still it's still got some problems. Oh yeah. man, what about you? Noah? I almost named my daughter Mia after that movie, so uh, I'm probably not the best one to. Uh... <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> my my oldest daughter's named Rowan, and uh, there was a there was a minute where my wife and I considered naming her Mia because because uh, of that movie. But uh, yeah, I got to do attack. So I, I think Tokyo Drift gets the cult following because I don't want to like spoil a whole lot because that they bring characters back from you know they tie everything together um, with the previous movie once you kind of hit the uh, Furious, oh, okay. uh, the Fast Five and stuff. Um, but yeah, you, you know I really don't mm-hmm. that that franchise didn't start out with the idea to become the like the huge hit that it is now like with these elaborate heists and everything like that. So yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. the acting wasn't the greatest, but you know the movie itself was was kind of meant to be a self-contained and uh, <laughs> thing. So you know, I enjoyed it at the time. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a guy in my National Guard unit. His um, his uh, license plate literally says "No Crust" because that's what Brian asked for on his tuna sandwiches when he uh, first met me. So, I, oh my God. Us, us older, us older guys who kind of grew up and uh, at that time, uh, that was a uh, that was a good movie. Still holds a special place. So, but I, I, I you know, I and you know, you, you talked sorry. a bit about the. I'm just saying, you talked a little bit about the action. I think one of the something I forgot to mention was just. Um, Something I had a lot of respect for with this first one, at least, was the level of practicality it had. I mean, these were real stunt people doing some of these car maneuvers. I mean, obviously, with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, you see yeah. him in the car. They're not doing it. But there were some real stunts here that I appreciated as part of the movie. And uh, that that was something I had a lot of respect for. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot of practical stuff. Um, 
but I, I will say the one thing about these movies that's changed my perception is how long it takes a car to get a quarter mile. Um, like if you watch the the real <laughs> the real drag uh, race, that thing's <laughs> over in like six seconds. These guys are like, uh, you know, uh, like shifting gears and able to talk to each other and stuff <laughs> while they're driving. So. <laughs> Those quarter miles go a lot quicker than they do in the uh, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the next one that I saw, uh, I think this would be the the, the big one is uh, I saw oh. Seven um, by David Fincher with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Uh, this one, <laughs> this, is, yeah, like, this is the big one for me out of all the ones I've seen since we uh, last talked. Um, this one blew me away. Um, just with everything. I, Patrick, I'm calling it. July the 7th at 7 p.m. We're going to be releasing our 7th <laughs> episode. That's what we're doing. I, I can, right. I, I'm already calling it. Um, but I was so enthralled with this. And, um, and I, I think I would call this the most disturbing movie I've seen <laughs> for sure. Um, and, I, and maybe it's just because my lack of scope. But, I mean, I've heard other people say the same thing. And I asked dad after the movie, like, I just saw seven, is this, which is the most disturbing movie you've seen? And he's like, oh, probably Sons of Lambs. And I was like, I, I've seen Sons of Lambs too. I feel like this is even worse though, just with the Sons of the Lambs. It's kind of, um, there's a lot of fun to it. Like with Anthony Hopkins' performance, like he's kind of the the villain you kind of love hate uh, and you're kind of cheering for him secretly. There's nobody like that in seven. But for me, um, this is definitely the biggest Oscar stub movie of all time that at least that I can think of. Like, I it is just so surprised. Like, I would have to like this was this movie must have been nominated a lot of, for a lot of things, and it was only nominated for best editing. And that and that's it. I, I just threw up my hands when I saw that. I was like, good grief! Just the, I feel like the Academy should be shut down <laughs> for this, honestly. But I, I was just I was so invest in this movie just throughout morgan freeman and brad pitt are both fantastic in the movie um even though it was kind of like a little surprise then uh it's not anymore kevin spacey's very good in this movie as well um and i i also was just i really like the direction fincher took with this i've seen two of his films so far social network and uh, a cu- the curious case of Benjamin Button, I think that's how, what it's called. Which I feel like that is just uh, the, the Benjamin Button movie. Button's Benjamin. I, I I didn't really care for much. I thought it was fine, um, but of course the Social Network I really love. Um, but Seven, I thought this was just peak uh, directing from him. I, I was I just loved everything he did with it. Um, this is, this is probably, I think like around, like if I look at Letterboxd, this was my 1000th movie I've seen. So giving myself a little pound yeah. the back for that, I guess. But, um, I, I just, every twist and turn the movie takes the writing. It's fantastic. The score, uh, by Howard Shore and then Trent Reznor did a song with the, with the Nine Inch Nails and all that. The, the music is fantastic. Um, the last 30 minutes of the movie um, are the best 30 minutes of a movie I've ever seen, just from start to finish. It's fantastic. Honestly, this is one of my new top, this is going to my top 10 for me, just of all the movies I've seen. I was just, I was so unprepared for 
how great this movie is going to be. I mean, I'd heard of it before, you know, uh, but I was just so unprepared for how great this movie was. Have you all seen Seven? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. How, how about you, Sam? Yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, I clearly remember the ending because uh, of the what's in the box, and uh, that's one of the yeah. that's a very quoted thing around my <laughs> what's in the box. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed right, it. Yeah. Uh, going through the seven deadly sins, and uh, but uh, yeah, a nice little twist at the end. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was definitely uh, yeah, it was definitely a good one. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if, if I saw anything else. And um, oh yeah, I saw. I last night I saw um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which I was super <laughs> prepared for. Honestly, think when I was like going in, I was like, "This is just gonna be like some guy comes in with a chainsaw, like murders a few teenagers, kind of like Friday the Thirteenth, but um, the chainsaw <laughs> in in Texas. That's kind of how I thought of it. It was so. Oh, so worse. Um, not as far as like if it was good or not, but just so more, <laughs> much more disturbing than I was expecting. Um, I was very unprepared, honestly. And I, the end, at by the end, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I should have picked a different movie tonight. Honestly, I, I was just not prepared for it. And honestly, I was expecting horror and stuff, but really, I think it's just it, we're going for disturbing here, not scary. There's, I don't think there's much to be scared about when Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but really it's just disturbing. Uh, the last like 20 minutes of that movie, just like, Oh my gosh, just <laughs> please stop. <laughs> like I, I was just like, it just made my skin crawl at the end, but it, it was very good. It's so, it's very low budget. I don't know how much this movie costs to make, but it feels low budget in a good way. There's the movie looks great. Uh, really thanks to, uh, Tobe Hooper, I think, who directed this. I think he did a very good job um, with the direction. He makes a whole lot of, of nothing, really, just with barely any money. He makes a really good-looking movie. Um, and I, I was very impressed by this one, even though it's probably going to be one I'm, I won't go back to often. Um, I still thought it was very good. And I had to, wa- I had to watch <laughs> something a little more lighthearted right after it. I started to show uh, the, fre- the, the fresh... Prince of Bel Air with Will Smith, which I'd heard a little bit about. I started that, and it was pretty funny. Uh, I'm still going through it, but I, I had a fun time with that as well. All right, here we go. Dark Knight Rises. All right, here we go. <laughs> I, we're finally here at the end. Um, Sam, we, we kind of talked to you. If, which ones of these did you see at theaters? Did you see Dark Knight Rises in theaters? And what were your what were your expectations oh, going uh, in after yeah, I definitely the saw it in the theater really high expectations because uh I thought the the dark Knight was uh an amazing movie um and i and I had been really enjoying these uh these first you know the first two movies so i had, I had high expectations for it at the time did it meet um, those expectations not really um it again is is hard. It's just because of Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, it's it's hard to follow up. Uh, you know, because yeah. uh, ba- Batman's a relatively one dimensional character, so you need a, a really good villain. And uh, I just it's just hard to 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 meet uh, 
the Joker. That's all. That I think I think that the villain is the main uh, villains is the main reason I uh, it did, it failed to live up to my expectations. Yeah, we'll see if if your feelings have changed <laughs> on the rewatch for sure. Uh, what about you, Patrick? Um, I didn't see this in theaters. I wish I had looking back, uh, but I just I wasn't on the ball back then. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, sorry. What was, what was the other part of the question? Oh, what did you think of this movie? Like before you rewatched it, like what? Where were you at with this movie? Because it it is pretty, um, probably out of the three, the most great. Uh, just of whether people like it or not. Yeah. Um. Well, the last time <laughs> I had watched this movie, uh, I had really enjoyed it. It kind of surprised me because you know, like I. I just kind of had gone with the consensus that it wasn't the best. I really loved Batman Begins growing up and, you know, the Dark Knight has its mm-hmm. own untouchable uh, charms. But, I mean, I I really enjoyed it that last time I'd seen it, so I was looking forward to watching it this time. Uh, and I guess that's all mm-hmm. I'll say without uh, spoiling too much <laughs> of my opinion. Yeah. For me, um, I did not see the theaters, of course. Um, I would be five at the time. Um, but I always remember being excited for it, though. I was, I was a Batman fan still. And um, I, I, when I was even younger and there were movies that I could see, I would ask my parents to record seats from the movie to show me later. Like, they did that with The Avengers, Witcher Soldier, and this. So I remember watching a clip of Bane beating Batman up uh, and just like, oh my gosh, this is I'm going to have to see so quickly. Just this is the, this is the big one. <laughs> like this to me, like this is the citizen Kane that I hadn't seen. Like I was like, oh man, this is going to be the best movie I've ever seen. So I was very excited to see it. And then when I finally did get to see it, um, I was like, oh my gosh, it, it totally lived up to it. And then I've seen it many times afterwards. I remember when my dad uh, broke his collarbone and his, and his finger, and we had a big Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. We all pe- gathered up on the bed and we watched this whole, the whole trilogy straight. And I, I kind of walked out of the dark of that, of the end thinking, yeah, we ended it on the best one of them all. I, I always remember thinking, this was the best. And then I think I saw The Dark Knight uh, a few months later. And just for some reason, that was just a completely eye-opening experience. Just <laughs> like, whoa, I mean, this is the best one. Joker's awesome. Um, but um, then I would, once I kind of, uh, my eyes opened up a bit more to what what movies were good and bad. And then. Um, kind of seeing what other people thought of this and kind of learning that people didn't, not a lot of people, uh, like the the reactions were mixed um, on this one. And I, I was kind of like, oh, okay. And I remember rewatching it and I was kind of like, oh, this movie kind of runs a little bit slow. So uh, there were some parts, like going in, I, I have like cuts and bruises with memories of this movie. It's just like kind of really loving it. And then like, as I got older, I noticed like, oh, this this part didn't work out as much. But I, we'll see what I think of it uh, this time for sure. Because definitely having to go back and rethink many of the things that um, 
that I liked and didn't like and what does work. Uh, but let's get into it. I, I feel like it's kind of been a signature move with Nolan now to have a, an opening um, action scene to kind of set the, the feeling for the whole movie. And he did that with The Dark Knight. Inception had a similar thing. Tenet had the same thing. Um, I don't think Interstellar did, but anyway. <laughs> um, I, I think that the opening scene of this movie is absolutely fantastic. It looks great. Um, you could, there were some practical elements to this for sure, which make, just makes me respect it even more. Um, and I also think it just serves as a great introduction to this villain. Uh, it's not as good as the bank heist for me. I, I still think it's quite good, though. Uh, I was very impressed by this. What did y'all think of this opening scene? Go ahead, Pat. Go first. You, you go ahead, Sam. Oh. Sorry. You go. You go. Oh, sorry. I go Knock ahead. Out, Pat. Wait, who's going? <laughs> uh, I thought it was good. Um, I don't. Let's see. I wasn't thinking about it in terms of comparing it to the bank heist. And that's a tough one because that is one of my favorite scenes in The Dark Knight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think it really matches uh, that opening, but I think it brings a very different tone than that scene does. Like that scene is very, uh, you don't really see some of the things coming the first time you watch it, you know, where they're, he's taking out the other members of the, the squad or whatever. But with this one, it was more of just like a silent, like menace building the whole time behind Bane. And that is something that, like, definitely the Joker was menacing, but I don't really know where I'm going with this. It was in a different way, and it, it fits Bane, this scene does. <laughs> yeah, I Sorry. get it. Mm-hmm. No, that, that um, makes sense. What about so you, Sam? I was, uh, in, in comparison to the bank heist, um, you know, uh, it just kind of shows that uh, so Joker was, like, using his, using the people, and then, like, it showed Bane's Bane's henchmen mm-hmm. a lot more loyal to him, like willing just to go down with the plane. Um, so I, I mean, it's really kind of set up a, yeah. a different type of henchman, like more fanatical henchman. Um, that uh, you know, so it sets it up a little differently. It sets up Bane, Bane's um, motives and and how he's able to accomplish things uh, differently than the Joker, which uh, which I appreciate because you know, like Bane is supposed to be a genius. <laughs> Uh, so, um, even though yeah. really, you know, there's some, some machinations, I guess, behind the scenes with Bane, but he's a little more direct than I, than I, than the comic book, uh, differences, but, uh, you know, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. And then kind of just showed that, uh, that, that Bane is like a bad guy, you know, he's known to the CIA. So, uh, <laughs> just, just set it up. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's a cool opening scene, and like the planes breaking apart. I mean, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I really think that we need to talk about this movie's villain just right off the gate because I think it's definitely one of the most polarizing aspects of the movie. Uh, for me, though, like as far as I realized, definitely now just how important this scene is and how it's gonna. Um, it, it's not just Flash. I mean, he's capturing the Doctor here, which is gonna like into like being him being the 
no, he's not doctor. I'm sorry, the bomb maker, uh, who's gonna help make this bomb that's gonna be a big part of the third act. And I really, but I, like I said, I the biggest part of this movie is uh, the biggest part of this scene is Bane, um, who's played by Tom Hardy. And what do y'all think of him? Because I, for me, like I had heard that this is like a really polarizing part of this movie, and I was so surprised. I was like, wait. He is like I. I always kind of liked Bane. Like he, I love his voice. Like that, and that, that it seems to be a part of the movie people don't like. Um, but I was. This is also like I. I used to just get a cup and like mimic Bane's voice and like look up quotes he would say and go like Richard Hall Dirt and just like like just, I would love doing that. But then I learned oh this guy is like. No, the voice is out. <laughs> like I was just kind of like I never really saw it that way, and I guess I I understand it, but I always think Tom. I always thought Tom Hardy as Bane was was pretty cool. Like I think he does a good job. I I still think he's good. Um, I I really think some of my bigger problems with Bane just come with the writing of the movie. That's kind of where my problems with this character come from. But I think Tom Hardy, like, he's not, he's no Heath Ledger. Not even close. Like, he he's nowhere near. But for what he's doing, I think he works really well. You know, Joker, um, I guess you could say he's kind of this terrorist figure. I never really saw him that way, though. I, I, I think of Bane as the main terrorist of the movie, I, I of this trilogy. Like, he's the one, like, if I'm thinking of, like, a terrorist, Bane just just fits right into that 21st century new uh, post 9-11 view of terrorism. And I definitely picked up on that in this opening scene. It just feels much more grounded than I think this um, series has ever felt. And even this trilogy, which has always been grounded, I feel like this feels even more, it just, it's all military, it's all practical. Um, but I, I thought Bane worked really well. I, I I think the voice is pretty cool, if I'm being honest. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Just like, I didn't have a problem with the Batman voice. Uh, but I'll mention some of my problems with this character um, as we go on. But I think as for what Tom Hardy does here, he, he, he's always been a weird actor, uh, for sure. And I kind of missed his Inception phase, where he was just really charming. I, he's not like that anymore. And he's just really weird. Um but what do y'all think of Bane? Um, I, I actually agree with you, Noah. I thought Tom Hardy did a really great job. I've always kind of enjoyed his performance. And, you know, Nolan helps him out with the angles to kind of make him look massive in some of the later scenes. Not really the first ones so much, but he looks very large in some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. And I I like Bane because he really... You know, he has kind of a a richer character than the Joker does in The Dark Knight. There are a lot of motives going on that the audience is not really aware of for a lot of the movie. And it's Mm -hmm. very interesting to watch. It's very engaging to, uh, you know, just experience. But the Joker doesn't really have that. The Joker is kind of like always explaining himself always you know divulging his twisted philosophies that are kind of fragile when you really look at them but bane has like 
very deeply held beliefs. He's like you said, he's very grounded as a character and it, it grounds the whole movie, I think. So I love uh, Tom Hardy. I'm not going to say if he's better than Heath Ledger on a purely performance base, but I think the character of Bane is more interesting for me. Mm, you lost me. You had me for a little bit, but I I think that Joker is just inherently more interesting than mm. Bane is. Well, but I do think Bane has much more, I suppose, grounded beliefs that in a way makes him, that adds to him being a captivating villain. But I just, I feel like if I'm looking back, I want to just dissect each villain of the series with Ra's al Ghul, Joker, and Bane. I'm going to dig so much deeper into Joker just because I think that all of the like, exploring what makes this guy think, like, well, just like what he, what his thought process is. And I think that's just more interesting. I think that Bane is, he has a terrorist mindset. And, I mean, I think that is something that's very interesting with the character, but I don't think that it makes him, at, him as interesting as Joker does. But I understand your your point. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I mean, Joker is like an anarchist, right? And but Bane right. has like goals that he's fighting for. He has people he's fighting for. You know, he's not a completely like selfish person like mm-hmm. the Joker is. So there's more layers because he, yes, he's no. the villain, but there's a lot more going on than just. I'm an anarchist. I'm here to cause trouble, and I laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about you, Sam? What do you think of Bane? Um, and, and just really so Tom Hardy. Bane was uh, like a, he's a good character. It's a uh, I think Tom Hardy did a good job. It's just it's just hard to follow up after uh, after Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Uh, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. and then. Like Patrick was saying, you know, you find out later there's some there's some more the motives are a little different for Bane um <laughs> than the Joker. And uh you know, and mm-hmm. then I remember I just like a discussion, I I don't mean to rehash old discussion, but you know, the Joker he kept kept always saying does he look like a man with a plan? Oh, it's fine. But everything he did actually had a, he had a plan behind it, you know. And and mm-hmm. but, yeah. Yes, yeah, but Bane agree. doesn't like he, he he's extremely calculated. He doesn't leave anything up. To, I mean, the Joker didn't really leave a whole lot up to chance either. But uh, so Bane is is kind of like the shadow of of Batman, you know, because Batman's calculated the the greatest detective, and I thought Bane uh, was the same way. There, you know, we find out later that they are pretty much the same. <laughs> but uh, I I thought it was uh, I thought it was good. I thought he did a mm. great job. Did y'all I, have a problem with not, the voice? Um, not really. No. I mean, I, I remember watching an interview with uh, Tom Hardy, and he said, you know, he had to do a lot with his eyes because he couldn't, you know, it was hard to see the facial expressions behind the mask. So I didn't, you know, the voice is all you really have for both him and, and when, you know, uh, Batman's in the, in the cow, you can't really see his face either. So they've got to get a lot of stuff done with their voice. Yeah, I think there's something. Bane is this massive hulking figure, but his voice—it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's deep in its mechanic, but it's kind of charming in a way. It is like the Hardy is, I think, very very capable of having charisma, uh, with Inception in particular. 
Um, and I think that he does bring a little bit of that into Bane. Just he has this menacing charm to him, which I thought was very interesting as well. But yeah, I thought the voice worked pretty well. It, yes. It's it's yeah, menacing he sounds for sure. Cunning. Um, and then yeah, exactly. Um, then we have the <laughs> we have Harvey Dent Day. I suppose that's what it's called, I believe. And um, and I think that this was a pretty cool place to pick up from where we left off with uh, The Dark Knight. Just as, like, what Gotham's up to now. With Batman, though, we'll get into that. I I think it's very depressing to see where Batman's at. And I feel like there is something else that they could have done here. But at the same time, it feels much more realistic. But I like that we're kind of, like, uh, the lie that that, uh, Batman and uh, Gordon made with uh, saying the Batman killed Dent, and Dent remains this this white knight for Gotham. Um, I, I do think that like now we're kind of celebrating like the the criminals that the Dent Act has put away. I think that that is certainly an interesting move, um, and I I think Gary Oldman's great in this scene where he's um, going up there to read the speech and all that that, that that he does. I think that Oldman's great in this when he's in it, but <laughs> his character kind of. Axel stupid towards the end, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, I think, what do y'all think of this being a place to pick up after the Dark Knight? It, it makes sense uh, with the trajectory that Nolan has kind of set all these characters on. And I, I just want to focus on Jim Gordon because, like you said, Gary Oldman is doing an amazing job with this character. And I feel like in this movie, like, mm-hmm. this character has the most to do. Like, he has the most, well, backstory, obviously, because we've seen him go through so much in The Dark Knight. But seeing the aftermath of that is mm-hmm. almost more interesting than, like, watching the events themselves unfold. And I think that you got to chalk that up to Gary Oldman's performance where, you know, he has a few good scenes in The Dark Knight where he has, you know, some reactions. But in a lot of the Dark Knight, he's just kind of running around, you know, chasing Chinese mobsters, and he, he's, he doesn't really, he kind of takes the back seat to Batman, but in The Dark Knight Rises, he is, like, on the front lines. He's, he's trying to make a lot of stuff happen to almost make up for mistakes that he feels he's made, and he, you know, that struggle is really, like, incredible to watch it the way gary oldman does it at least i i love him especially and this this scene just introduces him perfectly sorry i'm rambling <laughs> a little bit because he's one of my favorite parts of the movie. i, I sam, sam well, what do you think you know, of it kind of um you know at the end of uh the dark knight you know he's making that speech about batman being the hero that they uh that they need and uh so i mean he's really conflicted because he knows what really happened with harvey dent and he he knows who should be the real hero of gotham uh, I don't really have a whole lot more ad <laughs> than you guys did, but yeah, I thought it was a good good intro into uh, into uh, the character mm-hmm. and his and his motivations in the third movie. Patrick, your 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 point, Patrick, on uh, Gordon taking a backseat, the Dark Knight. I I, I feel like I kind of disagree. I feel like that movie is so much about the the trio. Uh, Dent, Batman, and Gordon. And I feel like Gordon has a lot to do with that movie. It didn't. I feel like a lot of this, a lot of the time, he's in this. 
he's in bed. He's in the, the, this movie, in the second act. And well, a lot of people are technically. But um, I feel like he has the most through The Dark Knight. But there's a lot more to dissect with Gordon as this guilt he has over the lie he told. And his family has left him, which I think we're so down in the dumps when we come back to Gotham. Just, it's just yeah. awful here uh, for our characters. I mean, it looks perfect. Just, I mean, crime is never... It, the the crime's never been lower and all of that's great, but Gordon's family has left him. People are talking about kicking him um, off the force just because of how right. old fashioned he is. And then when we get to Batman, I mean, he's got a cane. He, he's limping around. People think he's the face. He's got facial scars. Um, I feel like this is just a really dour place to pick up, which kind of surprised me. I feel like, the, I, I don't understand, like, at the end of The Dark Knight, like, he's got that fall, and we see him limping off. I never really took it as, like, this guy is, like, he's down for the count, like, he's not coming back. I never really took it that way, but it is very surprising just to see how down the dumps we are coming back to this, uh, to this world. But for, for like you said, Patrick, with with Oldman specifically, he's killing it. He's always killed it in this series for me. And I, I think that really he's kind of what I'm latching on to in these scenes because I, I, I feel like Bruce is kind of looking like an idiot here when he's leaning <laughs> on his cane like the safe. It's uncrackable. And then he gets and then Anne Hathaway just sweeps the cane underneath him and he falls flat on his face. Bruce isn't doing a whole lot for me in these first two scenes. But Anne Hathaway is shining here for me as Catwoman and Selena Kyle, I think she's a lot of fun in this movie. Um, I, I'm not a big Anne Hathaway fan, honestly. Um, I do like her in Interstellar, and you know, Patrick, you and I kind of had a little bit of a debate. Well, not really a debate. We kind of uh, you, we were we both agreed that Interstellar was not the best Nolan movie. I, I rewatched Interstellar and was actually blown away seeing it a, a, a second time. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I was a, very surprised on how um, underwritten I had given it. Uh, and I just didn't think, though, that she was something that really was a standout of that movie. I feel like a, there was a better actress out there somewhere that could have done even a, a better job than she is. I get some people like her, some people don't. I liked her in this movie, though. Um, I think that she is exactly what Catwoman ought to be. All that licking the leather and the eating the bird part and Batman Returns. I, that was just, I liked Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie, but like that was never what I wanted Catwoman to be, even though I thought she was fun in that movie. But Anne Hathaway is really the, the perfect embodiment of what I think Catwoman ought to be. So I thought that she worked very well um, in this movie. And in this scene, I think she's outshining Bruce Wayne in this scene. Uh, jumping out the window and all that, and charming this this uh, uh, political figure who I I don't know exactly what he does, but um, it's a giving her. A, I did like I do like Anne. Hathaway. Yeah, I, I definitely think she's she's what got you... the upper hand in the scene, but I wouldn't say she's outshining uh, Christian Bale if we're talking about performances, because although yeah yeah I, no, I, no, I, no I don't think you were saying that, but like. Bruce Wayne is definitely down in the dumps and not doing great, but Christian Bale is doing an amazing job in making that happen and making it 
believable and making us feel that, you know, this is a character that needs to rise a little bit. Uh, what did you think about this? Mm-hmm. Scene, um, Kyle, I, scene, I, liked, uh, I liked her as Catwoman. Um, I think Catwoman gets a, uh, gets the short shrift in uh, both this one and uh, Batman Returns because, you know, she's playing second fiddle kind of. But uh, I I like her. Uh, she, I thought she did a really good job. I liked her better than the Michelle Pfeiffer uh, Catwoman. Um, mainly just because she didn't have some weird origin story of cats like licking her back to life and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh my god, stop, Sam. Don't bring those memories uh, back. So I, I that like was awful. We're not talking about that. Right and now. just left it at that. Um, so, you know, again, it just kind of goes to Nolan's using the pra- practical effects, especially when, like, she puts the goggles on top of her head and they look like cat ears and stuff. So, um, you know, I, and then I, you know, Anne Hathaway, she did a good job. <laughs> I'm, I'm more familiar with her from, like, those Disney movies. Uh, so that was kind of. Uh, so you know, I th- I thought she did a good job. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Um, best Catwoman. I would say so. Yeah. What definitely. about you, Patrick? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So she's taking the pearls that the uh, Bruce's mother had. Did I have a question? Did Thomas Wayne ever give Martha the pearls? Because I remember Batman Begins, he's he's like, hey, Bruce, look, I'm going to get your mom these pearls. What do you think? And it's like, oh, they're cool. I don't feel like we ever got that. Did, did he, obviously, we had, like, the, the the pearls falling and all that. So did Bruce, like, take all the pearls back, gather them up, and, like, did, remake the necklace or they, something? Um, I don't know. I'm, don't I'm trying it. not to be confused with Bat, Batman 89. Because in Batman 89, I remember yeah, specifically... I, the pearls get ripped off the, get ripped off Bruce's mother's neck, and fall all over the ground. But I, I'm trying not to confuse the yeah. <laughs> between that and mm-hmm. the, uh, in the scene with. I I don't know. He it's possible. I mean, once they solve the mystery, that you know you can get your evidence back. So it's possibly putting back together. Yeah, I, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I don't know if we ever did see per, the pearls break. So maybe no, I I think they do roll away. They are I, when I she's know. shot. I like I remember them rolling on the pavement. It's definitely not like focused on like say the beginning of Batman versus Superman or something like that. But he definitely shoots her, and there's pearls, and then he just runs off. So he didn't take the pearls. So it's possible, but I don't know. Maybe he just got a necklace that like looked yeah. like it or something. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I feel like we see Bruce's Bruce's desperate. I feel like to get back in the ring. I I guess just I mean he's definitely clinging to this, and I understand it just as a um, sentimental value. But you you mentioned Christian Bell in this movie, mm-hmm. Patrick, and I think he's fantastic in this movie. I I think he's very good. I think he's he's even better. Uh, that he was in the Dark Knight. I think his act, he's he feels much more comfortable in the in this movie than he did in uh, Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. I thought he was great in the Dark Knight, but I feel like in Dark Knight Rises, he's just even more comfortable, which adds a lot of performance. I, I think he does very well here. Michael Caine is still here as Alfred. I think he's good. Not in it a lot. We'll get to that. Um, but I do think that these scenes of... Uh, uh, Bruce tracking the pearls, all that, trying to figure out what's going on. Like, 
um, we're not really invested in whether or not he finds the pearls. I think we're more in- interested in this because we see Bruce is desperate to get back on on the ground. But then we got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, who is this character's name. I completely forgot it. He his character's name is jo- John Blake. Okay. Um, what do you guys think of John Blake and Joseph Gordon Levitt? Um, I I like his character. I like um him as kind of a a younger counterpart to Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne that kind of like pushes him in many ways mentally to like get over his past and get back out there. You know, it's it's kind of it's the jewels that seem to pull him out of his stupor but in a lot of ways it's john blake and him you know telling him about the the orphanage needing money and you know jim gordon being thrown down in the sewers or whatever like he has an instrumental role in this story and is it okay if i talk about the the kind of ending name thing okay yeah go ahead (laughs) Uh, well i mean (laughs) Lots of people have a problem with that. And honestly, going back to watch this movie, I was thinking, oh, no, at the end, they're going to have that dumb Robin is his real name bit that I'm going to have to sit through. But I found myself not really minding it that much. Like, he definitely fulfills the role of Robin. But it but it doesn't make sense for him to have like yellow booty shorts on and like a red shirt with a little r name tag (laughs) cape you know like it doesn't fit with nolan's world and i think this is honestly a perfect like compromise between having a robin a robin like role and you know sticking with the tonal uh decisions that nolan's already made with the the series so i i enjoy his character yeah you know let's talk about it now like you've already brought it up let's go ahead and talk about it I think calling like Robin is just <laughs> stupid like I think that is just I think that is just such a stupid thing I, I, I think it's just laughable honestly just like you should use a real name Robin I was like what that, no but I think for what you've been saying Patrick and just how like how does this work like just with him being Robin, I don't necessarily. I think when he's on the streets, like with the kids in the bus, not that, that is him being Robin for the short time it is. But I think when Bruce is going to step out of the picture, that we're supposed to see him as the new Bat- yeah, the new Batman. No, that's yeah, how I see it for sure. I don't think this is. Yeah, I, if we've got like if what Nolan was trying to do was to introduce Tim Blake to be the Robin to Bruce's Batman. Like, I just don't, I, I wouldn't want to see that because I don't think that this has been a world where this Bruce Wayne wants or needs a sidekick. Um, but I think seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt step into the role as the new Batman, I could go with that. I, and honestly, I'm just not a big fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt inherently in this movie. Uh, I I just he doesn't do much for me. Some of his scenes with Bruce, I just am kind of like. Um, what? But what this, did you think, it's Sam? Kind of getting into the uh, uh, Batman Forever realm and stuff, where you get too many characters thrown in there together. Uh, I mean, I I like that. I see what Patrick was saying, and 
you know, I thought maybe they were going to continue on. Um, I was hoping he'd actually be Nightwing more than like Robin, uh, you know. But uh, I mean, the character was fine. I, I thought it was kind of a mm. a B storyline, you know. Um, it, uh, I, I, I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it really, in my opinion, could have been cut it out. It is a B storyline for sure. It would have been shortened for about twenty minutes, and I'm probably been a lot happier with it. <laughs> but uh, it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I found yeah. it more distracting than anything else. Yeah, what do y'all think of like when we get it? We're going back to see Bruce investigate all this, and Alfred kind of brings up the Bruce not moving on. I think that is definitely something that has always been a, a part of Batman. It's never been like really, really focused on. Like we've never had a whole storyline around that. That's been that comes to mind for me at least. But it, I think it's always been something that's been brought up throughout the series. I mean, I think Batman, the animated series, probably has brought this up just with him. How long do you want to be Batman and all of that? And I think that we, when Alfred is mentioning all this to Bruce and him, he hasn't gone, moved past Rachel. Uh, and I, I, I think it's tough because Michael Caine's a really good actor and he's really good in this movie. Um, but uh, what, how, how did y'all buy this uh, internal struggle for Bruce? I think, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I think it works great. I think Batman in general, you know, has this kind of like uh, an arrested development complex because of his parents' death, which, you know, this series focuses more, like you said, on the Rachel Dawes death because it's kind of central to the storyline. But um, I I honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I was never a big fan of Rachel Dawes, especially in The Dark Knight. I, I don't like Maggie Gyllenhaal. In, in that movie, and I didn't really buy their romance or oh. her death uh, that much. So I don't really like that he's still hung up on that, but I am happy that she's not around anymore in the story. So it's kind of like... Oh my gosh! Well, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I, I think the real story here is that he's still hung up on his parents. That's why he's doing the Batman thing, is because his parents died, and you know, having characters like John Blake who are also orphans, it that's something that helps him see, oh yeah, I'm not like alone in this life situation. Like, yeah, it sucks, but you know, he he has other ways that he can live than by being Batman. So I definitely bought the struggle. Um Yeah, I gotta echo Pat. What about I, you, Sam? I didn't like uh the Rachel Dawes character at all. Um I've had I, you know, going back to some of the previous ones, I've just had issues with uh, Batman's romantic life, uh, Bruce Wayne's romantic romantic life. None of them really ever worked for me, and uh, it, they just have it. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, yeah, Batman's central. I mean, going through the animated series, uh, you know, Batman's central sticking point is his parents' death. That's kind of why he's uh, he never gets out of it. He's mistrustful of everybody, but. Um, yeah, I, his motivations. I I know like he he got beat up really bad, and then uh, you know he was kind of down in the dumps, letting the uh, letting the mansion go to waste because of uh, Rachel's death, and um, so it it was. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really know where I was going with this. <laughs> I just didn't. I just wasn't a big fan of the the, the storyline. That part of the storyline. And after this, we have uh, Selena. 
fingerprints to Daggett. Is that his name? Daggett. Yeah. yeah, okay. And he works in Wayne Enterprises, but is also a rival to Wayne Enterprises. Because he has all he also has another company. That's how it works, I I, I think. Yeah. And he's a like, board member or something. I don't know how it works. Yeah. Um, why does I, I missed on this rewatching it. Why does why do they need the fingerprints? I think it's for the reactor, right? Because you need his fingerprints and like the fingerprints of one other board member or something. To yeah. the finger, yeah, yeah, they need the fingerprints to have the reactor working and all that. Okay, that makes a little more sense. And listen, when we have this scene that Anne Hathaway is very good, I, I she's really holding her own here. And when she she does so well with the strong female, it then clicks, in, which is she's crying on the floor for help. I think that just that easy trait that it feels so easy for her, but it's a big one, and, and it's a pretty hard transition for an actor to do. I think she, and half it's a good scene. And uh, Yeah, it's a nice scene. It's got some good action at the end, too. Yeah, for sure. We got um, Gordon and the team go into, well, he gets uh, kidnapped in the series. He gets knocked out. And that's when we kind of yeah. see Bay, like, Um, and I, I think once again he still has that menacing feel, and then like he feels much more hulking in this scene, much more of this large looming figure um, than he probably did in the plane scene. And like I said, I don't really have a problem with Hardy in this movie. I think that this works really well, uh, but it's also gonna uh, Gordon's gonna be out of the movie for a little bit until he makes a pretty stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this uh, scene is one where those 9-11 kind of motifs or influences were really shining through, especially, like, the firefight in the the back alley or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's got to be what some people were imagining after 9-11, you know, like, just terrorists around every corner and the police, right. you know, being beaten down by high-caliber sniper rifles. And, you know, like, that's a pretty brutal scene, man. Like, those cops are just getting picked off yeah and i i think like you choose like and we'll talk about this much like the the wall street movement that was happening around here that hadn't even really become a thing while this movie was being made it it happened kind of afterwards if i remember correctly if, if my research is right but this movie does kind of tap into that later with what bane's main plan is going to be when we get to when we get to see what that is with uh, the lower class uh, being able to throw over the the upper class that 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 is kind of leaning into some. I feel like Nolan is juggling a whole lot in the movie, and and we will get into some of that. Just this movie feels very big and very bloated. Um, and it's an epic, man. It, it's like a classic epic almost. It feels like it to me. But it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long movie, and I get what you're saying. You can't look at this as an epic, but it it is a long movie. Two hours and 45 minutes. It feels like three at times. There are some parts that I felt were very slow, especially the second act of the movie. That part, it was. It feels like it's 
the longest. Um, and it it is rather slow. And I think that's what one of the reasons that this isn't my favorite of this trilogy is because it's just so long. Like run times, the longer the better is how it used to be. But now I, I'd like it. <laughs> I'd like it around two hours. But now we're just oh my gosh, two hours and forty five minutes. That's a lot. And I feel like there are some things you could trim or fat it. But this scene with Oldman and Hardy, I think, works quite well. And like I said, it uh, you feel, like you said, there's some great symbolism here. Like you said, Patrick, 9-11 and all that. I think it works really well. Sam, what did you see? Um, yeah, it was, uh, I agree. Um, you know, it, I, I was trying to remember, too, because I remember the Occupy Wall Street thing with, uh, was really big. And this movie really seemed to... Uh, you know, I know they filmed it ahead of time. Right, it really tapped, tapped into that uh, that thinking for sure. Um, uh, yeah, and then I think what the the best part about this scene, I believe, is uh, it really lets Gordon know that he is. There's no way the police are going to be able to take out Bane without Batman. Mm-hmm. So it uh, really just kind of gives gives um, you know, kind of helps push uh push the story along that that they're definitely gonna you know batman is definitely the only one who can uh defeat these guys yeah and that's why blake comes over he goes to bruce's uh manor to try to convince him um yeah and um i thought this scene was a little weird honestly i didn't i didn't really like it a whole lot (laughs) (laughs) i i I think that i don't know if gordon just gordon levitt is really suddenly when he says and I saw you, and I saw that look on your face, and I was like, that's Batman. I was like, what? is that really, like, <laughs> that's how he gets it? Like, and you have to have it, though, which I feel, like, it's something that I'm, I don't know how Nolan is going to get past this, because if we got to have somebody come loose to convince them, it's not going to be Alfred because he's kind of the party pooper in this movie. He doesn't want Bruce to be Batman. So who's, what character is that going to be? And we're making it Blake because Gordon's been hospitalized or whatever. And we're making it this character. Um, but I, I, I honestly just didn't really go with this whole scene. But it's a necessary evil, I suppose, to try to... Uh, no pun intended. Well, Bane says later. <laughs> uh the scene patrick yeah it's i think the writing is hmm it's a little off it's it is a little off it it could be seen as weak i think it it doesn't and maybe it's maybe it's levitt's performance a little bit it just seems like a weird spot for a monologue like i feel like he could have just said how he figured it out a little quicker and maybe maybe you know, without so much like emotional background music or whatever, it's a little soap opera y. And so, yeah, I, I can that agree way. that there's some problems with this scene, but I, I don't find a problem with the fact that he figured out who Batman was. I think it no. kind of it kind of gives him like a like a right to be in the story almost because he's up again. You know, there's some really intelligent and very off the wall people here and for this you know little kid from Gotham City to fit in he's got to he's got to have some kind of you know 
faculties of his own. So figuring out who Batman is and coming to him and directly confronting him is kind of a, a good way to establish that. What about you, Sam? Uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's a less memorable scene, I think. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, put it in words when I thought about it, but, uh, I just, again, I, I think a lot of the, uh, the movie runs long and I've, at, on my rewatch, I was like, I could have done without this scene. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just, uh, I thought it was kind of bland. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't I, it, it's hard for me to. I really. Uh, go ahead. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you're you're right. It's like a a problem at all with Gordon or just Gordon Levitt. We'll, we'll just call him Joe. I don't have a problem with Joe um, knowing <laughs> that. Uh, Bruce is Batman. That's not really the the problem. It's just the explanation that's the biggest the thing I'm knocking this scene for is it's like I saw that look in your eyes and I was like, that's Batman. I was like, what? That, just, that just didn't really work for me. But gonna get us Batman for I guess maybe ten minutes. Uh, but when he comes, like when uh we we're uh Bruce visits um Gordon uh, uh, like that did it good. It goes like, yeah, but we need you. <laughs> uh, and and what is kind of the like something I'm kind of reluctant about. Like I'm ready for Batman to show up. Like I'm like, yes, this is what I want. This is Batman hasn't shown up yet. Where is he? Um, but then like when yeah. he's up there suiting up, Alfred's like, you know, Master Wayne. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm just like, come on, let us enjoy this. And, but when he's coming, when he's prepping, I like it when he he's visiting um, uh, Gordon. Doctor, though, uh, Bruce's doctor is just horrible. Your cartilage, you don't have blood. You know why? There's nothing there. Like, I was like, that's such, a, <laughs> that's such an awful way to put it. Like, but yeah, I, we get Batman back, um, and I I like it when he comes for sure. When he breaks out uh, to, we have the um, scene. Oh no, not the fundraiser. No, because we have Bruce visits uh, Miranda Tate's fundraiser, I believe, or charity, whatever. Um, and that uh, that was kind of it reminded me a lot of the Dark Knight Returns, Sam, uh, with that uh, scene with uh, Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I don't really like Miranda Tate in the movie. Um, it took it yeah. me to realize that uh, Marion Cotillard was a good actress. Which I think she's good in Inception. I think that she's just she has some bad moments. I think in this movie that just didn't work for me. Um, I, I yeah. didn't go with her a whole lot in this movie, but I really like it when Anne Hathaway is talking and she's talking about the lower class rising up and the uh, rich people are gonna uh, realize just how good they had it until it's all gonna be taken away from them. Like I do think she gives a good speech there. Of course, Bell's great. I mean, when is he not? Yeah. 
Ah. <laughs> It's a it's a good scene. It's serviceable. Uh, it introduces uh, what's what's her name? Tate. I mean, it's not her real name. Talia. It introduces Talia. Uh, you know, gives uh, Selena Kyle some conviction and kind of foreshadows what's going to go down. But mm-hmm. um, it's not a standout. Yeah, I know. What I really meant is like, what do y'all think of Miranda? That's really how I should. Oh, oh. I got you. Uh, I, I, you know what? I mean, I remember the first time I watched it, I, I was like, she's just off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was the actress. Uh, but no, actually, you know, hindsight, it's, uh, you know, she's, I'm a spoiler for anybody, you know, but, uh, you know, her becoming, uh, being uh, Talia Al Ghul, it, it made sense later on. And, uh, and she definitely knew that Bruce was uh, hurting after, you know, Rachel Dawes. And she definitely, you know, used, um, she was pretty conniving. <laughs> definitely used, used his, uh, used him to get, you know, obviously get her, you know, going for her goals. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, you know, for the League of Shadows, you know, that's a League of, that's definitely a League of Shadow thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, I, you know, I, I liked her as a bad guy. Um, I thought it was a it was a nice little twist there at the end, and uh, I I honestly didn't see it coming. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, we'll we'll so talk about the just... twist later. I think for me, I kind of it was also that's no good. I don't trust her. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, she was up to I, you could tell there was something off, and she was up to no good. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't. Uh, you know, the whole the big reveal, her being the kid that escapes. You know, the whole time they're lead having everybody kind of lead up to it being. It was actually Bane, but uh, you know it was it was her. Yeah, yeah. I love the character and the reveal. I, I think, you know, she plays every kind of version of the character since there are so many very well. And you're right. Like, there's there's a lot of things that you're kind of like, oh, what 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 is up with this person? But honestly, for a lot of the movie, you kind of disregard it. You're just like, oh, that person's a little off. But you know, they're doing they're doing some good things. They seem to be ideo- ideological or whatever. And then you know. The knife in the back. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh, She's pushing Bruce to make, you know, make make changes to the company and get out. And, you know, they're she's trying to get him to turn the reactor back on and all those all those things that uh you know become apparent why later on. So you know, it, it was uh she was definitely playing him. Yeah, and the whole mm. stock market hit was just to to get her control of the uh yep. the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that, I mean that's not the reason they stole the uh, the fingerprints is to uh, to tra- you know bankrupt Wayne Manor be- or Wayne Industries because they had to use the fingerprints to withdraw all the money or all the stocks. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, but I actually didn't get that either. That was what I didn't realize. Um, and yeah, I thought it was just like the security pass on the the bio weapon. That's what I thought too. But wow. Um. Yeah, get, okay, get, okay. Comes a few steps <laughs> this time. All right. <laughs> well done, Samuel. <laughs> um, and then we shooting up more for Batman. Morgan Freeman, who I, who's of course a lot of fun. Morgan Freeman's a really good actor. I don't think he's good. he's possible for to be bad at anything. But I, I really like how enthusiastic is uh, to see Bruce. 
wanting to get back into the ring. Just show off more tools. That's what I like about this scene. And the, like I said, working. Yes. Fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like how they they you know he's he's always he knew like he knew like he knew uh, Bruce was going to need that exoskeleton after taking all the beatings he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he was ready. He was ready. He knew he was coming back. Yeah. Yeah, their banter is one, like, very good constant throughout the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's always enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we're not getting all much humor from Alfred as he normally does. So I think I'm really appreciating Morgan Freeman more just because of how humor, how much fun he brings uh, to the movie. Um, and then we have the uh, the stock market attack, the stock exchange attack. Um, that part, um, I think works really well. I, I like this chase quite a bit. It starts out good. Just, it, it, I mean, it looks good, of course. It's Christopher Nolan. I think Spade just really uh, showing off more of his menace. He is a menacing villain so far, and I think that is still holding up here. He's, he's smashing his helmet into people. I think that this starts off really well. And then with that, it shows up. I think it just gets even more. It's even more fun. Because apparently fun is not a word. <laughs> um, I, it's really well. It looks good. When Batman shows up, it's even... Bat, the Bat is nowhere near as good as the uh, the Bat cycles. Um, but uh, I, I still think that that part works really well. And when he's escaping from the police and all that, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it, especially when the... Uh... You know, the, the older uh, police officer tells the young one, like, you're in for a treat. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was, uh, or what, did he say that? Or you're in for something special? Or I can't yeah, something exactly special. But, uh, yeah, I was like, yep, we, we sure are. And it, it, it lived up to it, too. I, I really, I, I kind of felt the same way that an older cop did when uh, Batman finally shows up ready to take out Bane and his henchmen. So, yeah. And on the other side of the ring, kind of, there, you got, Bane, who you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that this is the scene that Alfred chooses to bring up to <laughs> Wayne later when he's like, "Are you sure you can beat this guy? Like, are you <laughs> sure that <laughs> you're up for this challenge?" Because he's just kind of uh, steamrolling everyone, and yeah, you know, it's kind of fun to see from a Batman villain because you know Batman is a martial artist, and we haven't seen a whole lot of villains in this series yeah. yet that can stand up to him on that plane. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm getting excited for that confrontation yeah. later in this scene. Yeah. And then, and you know, you know that if you're a fan of the comics, you're like, Bane is the one who broke his back. So I'm like, is he going to, oh, yeah. you know, is it going to happen? Uh, you know, similar to Superman and Doomsday. I, you know, is Doomsday really going to kill Superman? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, and we have fun. If this thing when Batman's chasing it, then Alfred is gonna really blame, like, give us a hard time for liking it. And, you know, I, I, Michael K, very good scenes for sure. And I, I am kind of missing the signature Alfred arm, I suppose. Um, but yeah. I, really effective scene by our two actors here with Christian Bale and Michael Kane. Um, Alfred makes some good points. The note, which I I do think that that kind of, I feel like Bruce's denial to that is it's kind of childish in in a way that I liked. Um, 
think that Christabel's great in this scene. It, it's a very he, he's very silent tears. Um, I thought this is a very effective scene, even though I do. I do kind of feel bad that Alfred's not going to be in this movie a whole lot or even be as fun as he was in the dark Batman Begins. But it's still, I think I, was, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I think uh, this scene kind of justifies, for me at least, like Alfred's uh, lack of, like you were saying, like humor and quippiness, you know, because he's kind of had all this on his mind the whole time. And he's known that this <laughs> this moment was likely to arrive, and he's been dreading it. So it makes that uh, kind of a satisfying arc for his character instead of just like, "Bro, why are you so depressed?" <laughs> I definitely agree. We we also uh, before we we did skip over Bat and uh, Catwoman having their little fight on the against uh, Bane and Daggett's goons, which that that's a good action scene. There's not much side. That that is a part of Batman's Night Out as well, which I kind of thought I forgot it was more than just a chase scene. Uh, but Bane does this thing where he's like uh, holding on to his jacket, to the top of his jacket. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about, but it's it looks so, yeah, like it looks very cool, it looks very chill. <laughs> and I do like it every time he does that. He's very nice jacket in this. <laughs> very good. Uh, wardrobe Bane has. Um, after that, I think that we really kind of Bane, uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne have been talking with um, uh, Selena Kyle, I guess, um, about meeting Bane because he, he thinks he's ready for the confrontation. I all kind of know, I, I think we all have that deep feeling that he's just <laughs> not ready. With we have the uh, knowledge of uh, Bane breaking Batman's back, which is um, I, I think one of the most iconic frames of all of comics is Bane breaking Batman's back. Which I've been on the record how much that storyline means to me. Storyline, but it's like the first. It's this. It's the into comics. So mm-hmm. when I'm. But Bane's being brought up and all that, like I'm like, okay, well, this better be good because <laughs> this is a storyline that means a lot to me. Um, and uh, when you get to that fight, we'll get to that later. But I think that Bane um, is so far he is working for me. Just like he is cold and calculating, which is what, the way Bane was uh, yeah. from the, the Nightfall comic. He's not like he was in Batman Robin, where he's like, uh, monkey work! That was just... <laughs> so betrayed, Joel Schumacher, have you done? Yeah. So far, Bane is working for me. Um, and once we do get that final... that, that I, I think it works very well. Uh, it's not very, like, not flashy action. It's you feel the punches, I think. It's not like, it's not a, like a fun fight by any uh, but... This is not a dance. <laughs> correct, correct. Uh, but I really feel like while we're getting this fight, we're learning more of how, uh, what Bane just means. Uh, what his, sorry, I'm drawing a blank here. His reasoning behind what he's doing is that 
he was once a part of the League of Shadows and he should have finished what Ra's al Ghul started. And I think that that makes this movie much more of a sequel to Batman Begins than it does The Dark Knight Rises. I feel like the uh, lack of Joker, like the lack of, the, of not mentioning the impact he had on Gotham is kind of a mistake. I think I would have liked uh, kind of dissecting a little bit more of like the impact this guy has had on this and really Bruce and Gordon. That's never, I don't think we ever hear Joker in this whole movie, which I feel like is kind of a mistake. Um, but I do think that this works very well as a sequel to Batman Begins for sure. Continuing what the League of Shadows did. Um, I, I like all of that. Well, I think the main impact of Joker's actions that they do talk about is Harvey Dent. And, like, that was one of Joker's big goals in The Dark Knight was to corrupt him, which, you know, Batman turned that on its head. So I think Batman just kind of beat Joker too soundly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He beat him at his own game, the propaganda game. There's that. Harvey Dent. They deal with with a little bit of the Joker aftermath right at the beginning uh, during Harvey Dent Day because you realize that – you know, under Commissioner Gordon, due to Harvey Dent, they, they passed the Harvey Dent law or act and, uh, you know, expanded police powers. And um, so, I mean, it, it was kind of, it, it was, again, it, it's kind of dealing with a lot of, you can look at like parallels between what's going on there and like in the U.S. at the time with the expanded police powers and the, the militarization of the of the police. I'm, I'm not trying to get political. I'm just uh, yeah. <laughs> pointing out. Uh, yeah, there's some 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 similarities um, that uh, you know some parallels. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think the biggest reason of Joker is because of the untimely passing of Heath Ledger. Um, yeah, because right. uh, you know he he was alive at the end of the last movie. And he's not. There's nothing. You know, not even yeah a hint that he's in Arkham Asylum or you know you know those. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, right, it's definitely a, a direct really a direct sequel to Batman Begins. Yeah, I just feel like the impact Joker had in that last movie would have like when um uh, like when we see like Scarecrow on yeah like at the the court in the court or whatever. Like I feel like in, if Ledger was still there, that would have been. Uh, him up in the courtroom. I just feel I miss it's and it's unavoidable. I mean, of course you're gonna have problems. Uh, but anyway, Patrick, what did you think of the uh, Bane and Batman? Um, like you said, it's brutal. It's not really that long. No, <laughs> it's pretty one-sided, and you know it really sets up the mountain that you know, Bruce Wayne is going to have to climb to ever have a hope of beating Bane. So it does all that really well, I think. And also with like Selena Kyle betraying him, that is like something I didn't really see coming the first time. And you can see she's conflicted and obviously she kind of does a turnaround uh, by the end. So that's cool to see like being set up. Bane also does something pretty important in this scene as well. He blows up under something up the, I guess, the ground underneath Wayne Enterprises and takes uh, the Batmobile and uh, a lot of uh, Lucius 
Fox's weapons. Yeah, pretty calculating. I don't even know how he knew about all this stuff. I guess it's Talia, right? I mean, that's kind of figure out all this stuff. It's just um, she's been working in Wayne Enterprises for a little while now, and Bruce also gave her access to the uh, to the bomb or whatever. I don't know what it's called, but um, yeah, but that was often like a like a little hut thing. Yes, but I feel like Bruce has showed her around enough to where she doesn't know where that is. I mean, after she, all... She got the tour of applied sciences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, a little side note, when she and Bruce are in the room together and Bruce takes the uh, shows her the picture of Rachel and it's Maggie Gyllenhaal, I gave a little fist pump there. I was like, yeah, good. I don't mean a Kate Holmes, <laughs> the good one, and I and I and then I instantly thought, yeah, well, I bet Patrick and Sam aren't as happy as I am at this. Um, <laughs> all right, this is kind of the end of Act One. I think <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think this is the end of Act One, right? I think this is when um, Bruce goes into the pit, and then we kind of have the uprising from the lower class. And this is just when Gotham is mm-hmm. this really back to square one, basically down in the dumps, <laughs> like it was in Batman Begins. Maybe even worse in some ways. Uh, I think this is just a very slow part of the movie, but it starts off. I think, there's this middle part, I think, where like Bane goes to the football field and all of that. I liked all of that stuff when he's giving a speech. We're seeing taken over. And then we kind of have, like, Bruce, he's training. It's like Rocky Three. <laughs> he got beat. Now he's got to prove he's the champion again against Mr. T. Um, that's just kind of what I thought of. But <laughs> kind of, like, training to get back out of the pit and all of that. Like, slower stuff that I feel like could have been chopped down a little bit because this movie is just so long. Patrick, does yeah. the run time a problem for you? Sam and I both touched on that a little bit. What about you? You know, I think I'm going to catch some flack for this, but I actually, one of my main problems with this movie is I think there are times kind of like uh, when the when the poor are uprising and there's a few moments that they just kind of montage through. Agreed. And it's, it's like months. It's like months of, you know, events that they just kind of flip through quickly. Mm-hmm. I would almost, like, as I was watching it, I was almost thinking, this is, like, two movies. Like, this is, I agree. Almo- like, two and a half movies worth of content. Like, if he, if no one really wanted to, like, develop, like, all the different, uh, like, phases that uh, Gotham goes through, you know, it's it's months of stories that could happen. And I feel like it would almost improve the movie to stretch those bits out, to have, like, full-length scenes, to not have, you know, the music playing the whole time, to let us just, like, get, like, settled in with this world, this, like, Gotham, almost a, like a post-apocalyptic Gotham. It, I, I, I was enjoying the montages, but it almost felt like a, like a tribute video to a full-length movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Patrick, I am actually just 100% with you on that. I feel like this... Going for so much here, I feel like he's 
almost going for more, biting into more than he could chew is what I feel like. And I feel like this could have easily been two weeks. I feel like we could have ended, like, we could have had, like, the Dark Knight Falls and then the last movies, The Dark Knight Rises, where we end Dark Knight Falls with um, he going into the pit and we kind of have this short montage of seeing Gotham just go right back to square one and then we build up and Batman is wandering around the streets of Gotham where it's just, like you said, this post-apocalyptic world or wasteland, I guess. I mean, not like Mad Max, but just like to chaos. Uh, even Yeah, they could have done Infinity War before Infinity War. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we could have gone that movie and um, Tom King did a, a run with Bane, the Bane character called City of Bane, where he completely takes over Gotham. And I, as I, I, well, you were talking about that, Patrick. I was just like, oh, God, about that storyline. Yeah, they could have totally done that, even though that, that storyline began um, a few years later after this. That was kind of something I was thinking about. Like, yeah, this, this could be like two movies. Um, and I would have, I'd have watched them for sure. I thought that, that I think this is a very interesting concept, but Nolan is trying to cram it into, like, I guess, like maybe fifty minutes. Is this how long this second act is? I don't know. It feels long, but uh, it just feels mm-hmm. like we have many, many wandering moments of Selena Kyle being kidnapped. Even though I like uh, this movie, just playing a lot, you know. And uh, I would have liked this more. If, be split into two movies, but it just feels like we're cramming in so much, and I'm getting a little bored. Yeah, I. That's why I, I was thinking like some of this stuff, especially with uh, you know the Robin character, mm-hmm. uh, could definitely have been cut out. It would have helped uh, shorten down part of the movies, and then maybe I mean even if they cut it out, it could expand on some of the more interesting parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Did y'all like the uh, football scene and Bane's big speech and all that? Yeah, it's, I, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really, I mean, the whole, the you know, Heinz Ward, you know, I'm going to my football stuff. It's kind of fun watching him uh, outrun the uh, the falling field and stuff. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I like the whole scene itself. And, um, yeah, it, it's just cool. I mean, Bane's calculating. So, you know, he definitely uh, knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, we got... Bruce in the pit, he's training, he's training and all that. And there's a lot of stuff here that is, well, first off, let's talk about Gordon's stupid decision where he sends all the cops in Gotham down into the tunnel and then they are <laughs> all trapped in there. That is just like, Gordon just kind of takes a turn where he, maybe they were right in the beginning. Maybe they should have kicked this guy out. He's making these awful decisions. And then there's also kind of the scene in the beginning when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, don't you want to know who Batman is? And Gordon's like, I do know who Batman is. He's like, he's the Dark Knight or whatever. Uh, and then, then, like, at the end, Gordon's like, tell me who you are! <laughs> and that's just... Got, <laughs> it just his kids just completely took a turn for me, even though when we have those scenes with um, Gordon-Levitt, when... Um, uh, Oldman is giving a great performance talking about he and Batman made. I really liked that those parts of the movies, but man, Gordon makes some pretty bad decisions. 
Yeah, I mean, I think his his change of opinion on the whole like knowing who Batman is is kind of understandable since Batman was going off to die as far as they knew. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a different situation. Like in the other in the first instance, he's like waiting for Batman to come back and like save them as the Dark Knight. And then it's like, but I, I do see what you're saying. He, I mean, sending all of the cops down into the sewers. Like I get it. He's trying to go to war. He's trying to nip this thing in the bud. <laughs> And like as as the audience, you know, we're kinda like, Oh no, like <laughs> this is a bad decision. Like we know it's not gonna end well because that would be a boring movie. Right. Um and but I mean it, i kinda see how he didn't see the the trap coming, like the idea of blowing up the sewers and like trapping all the cops underground, it seems a little far fetched if you think about it in like real terms yes. so it's it, it is but like that's just who bane is he's his intelligence and his physical strength make him pretty audacious mm-hmm. with his plans so you know clearly gordon is outmatched by himself yeah i agree like it is kind of like oh this is what Bane is doing um but at the same time it's just like i feel like at the first when he says Send all the cops we have down there i just kind of think it's like yeah but they're gonna leave like maybe like 10 or 20 down there uh, up here, you know, just, I mean, because why wouldn't you, you know? But then they actually send every cop down there except for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Gordon. And then that um, that one guy who... <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't think they do. I think a lot of the people that are, like, part of the resistance at first are cops, too. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's how I understood it, but maybe not. Well, when later, when Batman... Uh, breaks out and the pit and all that and he he frees the other cops and they come rushing out and then that's how Batman's gonna have his army at the end. Um but um yeah it, we don't see I don't remember seeing a whole lot of cops after this scene except for Gordon and um the Gordon Well they all went plain clothes so that they didn't have like targets on their back. But I think I think it's assumed that some of the other guys were cops. It's still a dumb decision. That's my <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get. They probably did leave so- <laughs> at the same time. It's just like Gordon. What are you doing? <laughs> You've been the kid for so long. Well, <laughs> here, but we got Bruce Dunn. Well, imagine if he had. Imagine if he was right. Imagine if he took all of the terrorists out in one fell swoop. He would have been a <laughs> That is true. I mean, if this actually worked. We would be telling a different story, but at the same time, that since it did it, we're just kind of thinking, like, what did he do? Why did he do that? Um, but we've got Bruce training in the pit. We kind of have a Rocky montage. Um, did y'all buy all of the Bane being a, the child of Ra's al Ghul? I, I did it first because, uh, I, mean, I mean, that's what they were selling. So, uh, you know, I, I was buying what they were selling. There's <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I honestly can't remember, but I would assume that I did not see the twist coming. Does no one lie? So, like... Yeah. I... No, he, he didn't lie. I don't think he lied. It was just, um, you know, some of the uh, some of the story was withheld, I guess. Uh, but no, I mean, I I didn't see the twist coming, so. I don't, but I also don't think they. He just referred to him. Uh, the, the old dude in the pit just referred to it as the child. Never gave a, uh, never gave a sex. Yes. So, 
you know, like when you look back on it, you're like, uh, I mean, yeah, it could be the girl. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then you can see why like a, a, a father figure type person like Bane would care for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do get that. Um, and I guess they never did reveal it. What is going on? What is that noise? Sorry, you just cut out for a second. No, no, I but paused. You're, you're good. I, there's some sort of noise. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh. oh, all right. <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, I feel like we kind of follow this kind of a stereotypical, like in Hollywood, it's th- third time's the charm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to get the first time, you don't get the second time, and then the third time you get it. I do like some of the pondering we get about what um, Bruce's uh, just his psychology is. Like, um, he doesn't fear death, which is, I think, something that's very interesting. Like, and I feel like a lot of the time it's thought of as a positive, but uh, one of the guys in the prison says that, no, that's the fear to drive you, which I do... I, I do like that idea that being not being afraid of death is not always the best, not always a great motivation, I guess. That was a part of the movie I did like. Uh, but um, I do like the uh, pondering that Cindy Kyle has about um, her making the wrong decision. Sure, I like, but I do still kind of stand. I think a lot of the second act drags a little bit. Yeah. It definitely feels like a break in the actual action. Like, it's kind of giving the audience a pause before everything goes down. Yeah, it does feel like it grinds to, hold, to the halt a little bit. And also, there's, a, like, a lot of stuff that we don't really even have to talk about, honestly, that's necessary. I mean, we could talk about the cops that or the, the people from the outside that, that try to um, help, but that doesn't work either and we could talk about that but it, ultimately it, it amounts to nothing and i guess that could show just how bad things are going off but at the same time it's two or five minutes <coughs> but we, but to cut to this batman breaks out um and we kind of there's a little bit of maneuvering here we have to do we have to uh Fix a few things. We get the cops out, and I have to say, um, the Killian Murphy cameo as Scarecrow, I like a lot. I thought that was really cool to see him back. I always liked Killian Murphy in the series, and I thought it was really cool to see him here. And Gordon walking out on the ice, and then Batman lets the um, uh, the bat symbol <laughs> yeah, with the with the fire that part I was like ooh yeah that that's the cool just dramatic stuff that I, that I just love from the series when they occasionally take those comic book type of moments and do it I, I thought that's really that was really cool looking I yeah um, I really I really like the, uh, the the fire the Batman fire symbol that was really cool I just never figured out how Batman got got back but you know I, <laughs> with no money they never really explained how Batman got. I guess I'm. What was that? Afghanistan or wherever he was. I don't right. know. Right. Back, but it's it's neither here nor there. But uh, no, th- that part of the scene was actually really cool. Yeah, something I feel like this movie is missing is like a sense of time. Like I feel like this, like 
what we're being told is that this takes a really long time, but I'm not really feeling feeling like Gotham has been like this for a while. It feels like it's been maybe like a week or so. That's kind of how it feels, but this is supposed to have been months. I don't really get that sense of time. Um, but once we have the all the cops have broken out, we got our plan to <laughs> the bomb because that's kind of been what Bane is over the people trying to rescue Gotham is um, he'll blow up the whole city if people cross the bridge. Um, so the bomb does add a bit of like a ticking clock, I suppose. Um, I think the action uh, gets the two sides. I thought that work was pretty good. Um, and I don't feel like the, don't feel like this is necessarily like fun hand-to-hand combat that Batman and Bane are having, but I think as an overall final battle scene, I think it's pretty effective. How about y'all? What you broke up on me really bad. What what was the question? Sorry. Oh, I I meant what did y'all think of this uh, final battle? I suppose. Um. So right. like like the the fight scene was uh, I I enjoyed the fight scene um you know I, again I don't I don't know how cops were able to run through all the automatic uh, gunfire and as tightly packed as they were and only like two or three died but uh, or went down but uh, you know I I enjoyed watching Batman and Bane fight um, you know Batman at this point is 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 pretty broken um, he's had a lot of a lot of health issues as it's been brought it was brought up earlier by his uh yeah. doctor told him about the cartilage he was missing and then mm-hmm. you know i think the big the big parable i got from um for this final fight scene was you know the the, the older guy telling uh bruce that the only way to make the jump was without without the rope to keep you know that right. only the fear of dying was keeping him from making the jump so when you know when that showed up and then bruce comes back you know Batman's gonna not fear dying when he faces Bane this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I would be scared of dying, man, because like Bane is punching those pillars and knocking out chunks of concrete, <laughs> and then he's laying into Bruce Wayne's ribs. Like that exoskeleton has got to be high tech, man. Yeah, yeah, he would be like liquefied. Bane was like. Batman's body, like just like throwing him really rapid, and then like Batman moved, and he's still like hitting that column. Like Bane <laughs> yeah. is like a few steps behind. Yeah, what did you it's think, a, Patrick? It's a pretty sick, uh, pretty sick exoskeleton. <laughs> True. Man. Yeah, I, I think it's a good fight overall. Like, definitely, it's it's cheesy that you know only a few cops are dying and, you know, they're all getting shot at. <laughs> I think some of the mercenaries were literally yeah. just, like, shooting into the air, like, disperse. We don't want to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I forgive them because it's, like, a really cool, like, it's kind of an epic moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. Jim Gordon Jim Gordon gave us that little uh, foreshadowing where he says, like, you know, I'm not telling you to walk down Main Street in your dress blues. And then, like, five minutes later, he shows up. <laughs> At the head of this <laughs> army, yeah. it, I, 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 these are the kinds of things in this movie that I really enjoy. It, like the, the third jump that Bruce Wayne makes, that pause right before he grabs the ledge. Like I hold my breath every time. I just can't help it. Like I, I like those kinds of moments that this movie goes for towards the end, and mm-hmm. this fight scene is one of the one of them. 
And yeah. I feel like when the twist comes with Miranda Tate, like, I, I kind of was like, Sam, you'll know what I'm talking about. I feel like I was right back there with Batman and Robin, <laughs> where Bane is not <laughs> the main bad guy. Now we've got he's serving this lady here and I'm just like yeah. they are basically repeating exactly what Batman and this is better and we have a better actress here as well just for the scene um, but still I was kind of like oh well here we are I mean I, I was just that the twist made me kind of cold I, I didn't really love it but at the same time it's not awful, but I, I just don't really care for it at the same time, if y'all know what I mean. I, I know what you mean, but I have to disagree, because I think it really humanizes Bane, and I think it's, I think that's the most surprising thing about it, and it's why I love Tom Hardy's performance, is you know, this whole time Bane has been kind of cold, I feel like, like, he's kind of just this monster, and like, his motivations aren't really clear, but, like, it all floods in in a moment when you realize why he's done everything he's done up to this moment and it was actually like out of love for Talia it wasn't like out of hatred for society or like you know trying to overthrow the rich or instate himself or just kill a bunch of people like he's doing all this out of devotion to someone which you know well it's kind of misguided it's admirable and it's kind of what I want to see in a villain you know yeah, I see it for sure. You're, you make that makes sense, and it's actually a side of that of this twist I've never really thought of before. It's just for me, like I feel like it makes. I feel like after that twist, Bane just looks a lot more like this this servant than he does to this menacing figure. Yeah, I I get that for sure. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but, you know, like, I think the League of Shadows, there's room for for all of them to, you know, have their own, well, I, they're all, Raz al Ghul, not even Tali al Ghul was really the real mastermind, it's been Raz al Ghul the whole time. Yeah, and I do like that we're kind of continuing what Raz al Ghul uh, was trying to do in Batman Begins, like, that part of it I do like, uh, yeah. And uh, then like, but then like when Randy Tate's like, and then you, like, what did she, what did he say? Like, and then you killed him. And I was like, well, technically, like, <laughs> he tried to kill me first. Like, that's what I would say. <laughs> but um, then after this, when I like it when um, Catwoman shows up and shoots Bane. Like, I feel like that's a really cool moment for Catwoman, but like a really pathetic one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he did get blasted by, like, a, a cannon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it did seem kind of, like, snappy. Yeah, it was like, oh, he's out. Nope, there he goes. Yeah. But Not I'm much a... time to cry over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the chase scene we had afterwards, and score by Hans Zimmer, who we haven't really talked about. Really good score here. Uh, I think he did an excellent job, which normally Zimmer always does. Um, but uh, this whole chase scene, getting the bomb away, all of that, all the stuff afterwards, I, I liked quite a bit. 
Um, all this stuff with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, I've never really been a huge fan of the character, even though I understand what he represents. I'm not... That's not the part of this movie I'm invested in at all. I, I do... I, I, I like what... Uh, he's at the table. It's just not my favorite like part of this movie or anything. Um, but this whole chase scene... Possibly the worst death scene I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I think it's awful. Like I, I'm not like Patrick. Nothing you're going to say is going to convince me that this is not a really bad death. She's like, prepare yourselves. My father's mission is complete. And then she literally goes, <laughs> oh. like she does. Like, but it is like everything the Lego Movie mocked with Victorious's death in that movie is just like exactly. Tate does <laughs> what well, we'll hear because this is typical and I yeah I think it is interesting like I see what you're saying but I think it is interesting that Nolan allows her to die off thinking that she has succeeded which that seems kind of like a, a theme throughout the trilogy it's like people you know it's like the truth that people live with and I, I'm not trying to get political either yeah. or uh, <laughs> philosophical, but, you know, like her truth that she died with made her like made her satisfied and gave her life like she felt like she had fulfilled her purpose, even though in reality she didn't like she failed. And like, uh, you know, that's what Alfred tried to give Bruce Wayne by burning the letter. He tried to give him that closure of like she did love me and we were going to be together, but that actually backfired for Bruce Wayne. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see those same ideas playing out. But yeah, she's all bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but like I said, Gordon's kind of like crawling on the floor, like begging Batman time who he is. And I do like the callback to Batman Begins. <laughs> The kid's shoulders and like, yeah, that would be like I was like, that, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like, uh, in Batman Begins, like it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Like, it's kind of like that same yeah. line callback. Um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, it's just not really. <laughs> Gordon isn't making him look in, like he's any stronger. And but I did like the choice or. Was just that moment. Um, but the, the the um, I guess the uh, Catwoman and Batman kiss did that feel earned? Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. This, I, I actually like. I thought their chemistry was better than any other one, so it was. I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think. I think. I think only a Batman eighty nine could compete. Maybe. What with but a I romance? Be, with just like a romance, yeah. I, I'm Dark Knight, guys. I'm nothing y'all gonna say is gonna make me change my <laughs> mind. Dark Knight, best right. romance <laughs> in the back. I'm looking for you giving this such a hard, this romance such a hard time. I think it works fine, but I have to say, the chase, the Batman getting the bomb way looks really good. Batman should have died. I'm putting it out there. I'm laying my cards on the table. Batman should have rode off in the sunset and died saving Gotham. 
that is the proper ending to the Batman of Christopher Nolan's universe. It feels like a studio choice that after this, we see that he's at that cafe where they shot Inception. Like, that's just, I don't know. It, it just is, it doesn't feel right. Like, I understand that we need this happy ending, but I feel like at this, there isn't necessarily sad endings. It feels like it is the ending this universe needs for its Batman because this Batman is to this, and I don't, I still don't feel like he has moved past Rachel. I don't think that Catwoman is been set up as that he is going to supposedly spend the rest of his life with, or is going to be that that diversion of not like just of him giving him something to live for. Like, I never bought that. And, um, yeah, that, this really was, like, I understand it, like, and I feel like it would have worked better if at the end when Alfred's at the cafe that, like, we see Anne Hathaway, but we see only the back of someone that looks like it might be Christian Bale. Like, I'd go with that. I feel like the proper ending is... Batman uh, dies at the end, and he rides off into the sunset. But he dies. Like that is the proper ending. But what? Is, uh, that's that's my pitch. That's my rewriting of Batman's ending. Um, I kind of take it as like Batman dies, but Bruce Wayne lives on. And I think that Bruce Wayne has kind of earned a happy ending throughout the trilogy. Like, he's he's been through a lot. And, like, I think the reason why Nolan played it as he did, which I, I think it was Nolan's choice to do it this way, is to, like, kill off Batman, the persona, so that that, that uh, version of it is gone. And then, you know give it an opening for someone else to take on that idea while also allowing Bruce Wayne to live, you know, happily ever after, if that's not too cheesy. No, I mean, look, I'm not saying that Bruce hasn't earned uh, the, like, I think he has never made, like, a very, like, morally wrong where he doesn't deserve a happy ending. I'm just saying I feel like the ending is is him riding off in the sunset and that he has that piece of save Gotham City. Sam, what did you think of the whole ending? Um, it, it was fine, I guess. Um, I, I liked the conspiracy theory that it, he really did die and that it was Alfred making up in his mind um, and that they weren't really there. Oh, a little bit of inception <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, it, you know, I guess I didn't mind too bad Batman getting a uh, getting a happy en- happy ending, but uh, I would have preferred mm-hmm. the uh, I-, I actually would have preferred the explosion and just the funeral and um, uh, and Batman dying for Gotham. I really felt that would have been more fitting for the uh, for the Batman Nolan was setting up. Uh, but you know, it's Hollywood. If they want to do a happy ending, that's it's fine with me. It didn't it. I actually prefer just the explosion and just end it, but it's it's fun. <laughs> but I, well, I, you know, I do like the I do like the conspiracy, you know, the uh, the idea that it was all in Alfred's head. <laughs> yeah, and 
even though this is kind of like the whole Batman being in Florence, it's a, or I guess Bruce being in Florence is a little mixed on for me. Like when Alfred is um, at Bruce's grave and he's crying all that, I thought that was a very uh, touching scene for sure. And all, like, how Gotham is now and um, uh, Blake going into the uh, tunnels, I guess, and finding the Batcave and kind of looks like he's going to be taking up the mantle and, and as like uh watching this when i was like eight like i was like oh is he just going to be robin but now i think seeing it this time it feels much more like he's going to be batman not robin he's taking over the mantle and um i think that that part of the movie does work very well it's just how we that i'm a little mixed on but i understand the yeah. sentiment of wanting to have the a happy ending for sure I also feel like it may have been a little bit of studio interference. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have anything to back that up. I didn't read anything. Um, but maybe the studio executives like, uh, we need a little more closure on Batman. So it could have been. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it just feels like for me, it just feels like how this world has gone so far, just with this round of take that, uh, that this that Batman dying would be the proper ending, but at the same time, it's a nice happy ending. It it isn't prop. It's not the ending I wanted, but it's kind of the one that like makes sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's the ending we we wanted, but not the ending we needed. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Well, I guess that closes it all to an end. Anything you guys? before we uh, give our recommendations? Uh, I, I think that wraps it up for me. How about you, Sam? Yeah, the, I don't I don't really have anything to add except for how does all the cops coming out of the tunnels after five months looking so pristine. But other than that, I don't know. Really <laughs> so, no, it, yeah. it, it was good. No, I have nothing to add. Yeah, neither do I. So let's get to it. Patrick, Sam. Do you recommend The Dark Knight Rises? Yes, I would recommend it. Uh, it's, you know, part of one of the best trilogies that's come out in a while. And mm-hmm. it it holds its own. So, uh, yeah, go see it. If you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you watch this and you haven't seen it or listening. <laughs> Sam? Oh, yes. Definitely, uh, definitely recommend. So... Yeah, for me, it is definitely recommended. And trilogies are tough. Uh, the, normally, the first two go pretty soon, but in that third one, it's just a little trickier to finish. I mean, I've been in the case for Hunger Games, that ending for that trilogy falls a little flat. Trilogies are just, it's hard to bring everything to an end. Um, but I think this movie does a fine job at it. It's um, a lot better than people give it credit for, but I think some people overpraise it a little too much as well. I, I think there are definitely some things you could change here to make it better make like patrick's idea of the two movies uh that i never actually sounds like it's like something very interesting um yeah. so i think there are things you could do differently but bale's good uh i do like bane um and halfway makes for a good cat woman so the action's pretty pretty good um and there's some nice uh, metaphors as well, just with the continuation of the Batman story and breaking down this character. I mean, really, this movie is about the deconstruction of Batman. And if you take off all the armor, what's there? And um, I think there is 
still something there to worth explore. Um, do you guys think this movie is overrated or underrated? Pers- personally, I find it uh, underrated, but mm-hmm. um, that's just because I really like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I I thought it was uh, I wouldn't say overrated, probably probably like rated correctly. <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there's some issues, it's... but uh, but overall, it was uh, I I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, I agree. I think this movie's I I lean more to the underrated side. Um, all right, here we go. That's our end of the Dark Knight Rises. Now. Here's our rankings. We have reached the end. Now it's time to, I guess, put a bow on it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Um, Patrick, will you go ahead and start us off. You have not seen uh, Batman Returns or Batman Forever, correct? Yeah. Those are the two. Okay. So go ahead, start from the least one. Give us your reasoning behind each one since you haven't seen, since you haven't been on the whole show to let us know what you think of each movie. All right, so just the whole list right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, starting off, uh, we got we got Batman and Robin. Um, pretty clearly, like one that is agreed upon as a, a, a bad film. I think people, most people mm-hmm. would say. Um, I have <laughs> yeah. only seen it once. I can't honestly remember if I finished it. I don't really care to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe with a group, that would be interesting. But I, I just, it, the, the humor of it is hard to enjoy when you're watching it alone. It's just kind of like, ugh, this is a waste of time. So that's why I'm yes. at the bottom. And then um, pretty close in quality, but actually like really enjoyable. And I don't know if this counts as a movie, but I just wanted to mention it because I, I kind of like it. Uh, the Batman serial from like, I think it's like 1946. <laughs> it's called The Batman. And he's like fighting this like Chinese, like communist terrorist guy, like spy that's like invading New York or something. I don't think they're even in Gotham City. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't remember all the details, but I really enjoyed watching that when I was a kid. It's it's kind of offensive now looking back on it, which uh-huh. honestly makes it kind of funny. Uh, and yeah. you know, like he looks ridiculous. Batman does. Like his outfit is just awful, but it's it's got a charm to it that I like. So that one's definitely better than Batman and Robin. More enjoyable, uh, no matter who you are. And then. Um, also, I don't know if y'all counted this one either, because I, I really don't know, but Batman versus Superman, did y'all review that one, or? No. That one, yeah. But, okay. um, uh, yeah, that, that one's kind of a mixed bag for me, if we're getting a mini yeah, review yeah. on it. I don't think it's as bad as people say, though. Yeah, I feel the same. Well, well, that won't be on my list, but that's where it would be. <laughs> and yeah. then I've got uh, Mask of the Phantasm. And this is kind of like a big leap, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will say, between the Batman yeah. serial and then Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm, most like Batman fans know it as like a very underrated uh, movie. And I have to agree, mm-hmm. I really didn't give it a chance for a long time, but I enjoyed it when I did. And mm-hmm. it definitely 
I mean, Batman the Animated Series, I think, is a lot better, obviously, because they have more time to work with these actors and characters. But this was a nice, like, just film version, and it captures some of those, some of that magic from the series. Mm -hmm. And then we got Batman Begins. Um, I grew up with this one. I love it to death. It's a great origin story. It's one of the best superhero origin movies, I think. Uh, and it's Batman, mm-hmm. so you can't go wrong. <laughs> um, and then I've got The Dark Knight. Um, great movie. Instant classic when it came out. Uh, shocked the world. And for that, it has my everlasting, undying respect. And it's still enjoyable to go back and watch. And then... Number two on the list is Batman 1989. I revisited Mm. this movie pretty recently uh, after like a year or two, and I loved it. Like, it's very different than the Nolan trilogy, and it's really hard to even compare the two. But, you know, I'm a low-key Tim Burton fan, have been, you know, since I was younger. Um so I enjoy his style, and it's just a super fun movie. I mean, y'all have seen it, you know. Popcorn, munching, yeah. good time. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Like, uncomparable to Heath Ledger, of course, but just mm-hmm. a great time. And abs- pretty hilarious, too. Which, honestly, if I have one gripe against Heath Ledger, it's that I don't really find his performance very funny. And most Jokers are kind of funny to me. Yeah, I could see that. And then, number one, we have our film of the moment, The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, wow. I love this movie. I think it's... I think the the Nolan trilogy builds so well on, like, like every layer deepens the, the experience for me. So, the ending is the most powerful moment. And... I think it's pulled off very well. I like how he went very epic in scope with it. It almost plays like a Western with like, you know, the the wild uh, gunslingers coming into town and taking over and beating down the existing sheriff or police force or vigilante, whatever you want to call it. And then him having to yeah. come back and after a little odyssey to reclaim his town and sacrifice himself doing it or come very close to it and i i just love that old western feel that it has and it has a special place and i wanted to give it that respect because it does have that special place in my heart and that's my <laughs> <list>. <laughs> patrick who's the best batman oh robert pattinson <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> um, existing, I don't know. Uh, that's hard. Probably Kevin Conroy. Yeah. There we go. He's good. <laughs> He's great. Sam, how about you? What's your ranking for the Batman movies? Uh, all right. All right. So, uh, so actually, so my bottom. So we've done uh, nine. Well, counting Mask the Phantasm, we didn't even do a re- review of that one. We've that that makes nine movies that we reviewed 
in this Batman ish uh, universe. Mm-hmm. So my bottom three, my bottom three are kind of interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, number nine for the worst Batman one is Batman Forever. Uh, really didn't. Uh, oh. Yeah, it, I really didn't like that one at all. <laughs> Probably it's yeah. the, the just the I don't know. I I think the reason I didn't like that one uh, at all is because going from, um, you know, Batman eighty nine, Batman Returns, and then going right into Batman Forever, uh, I didn't like the shift in the uh, the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, that one is definitely number nine. Catwoman was number eight. Uh, for me. Oh, we forgot uh, about that one. I did forget about Catwoman. Yeah. Cat at the woman, bottom uh, for you, Patrick? Sure, let's throw it at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, these my my bottom three are kind of interchangeable. Yeah. So, uh, Catwoman, you know, even after I rewatched it, I was like, this is this is trash. So, uh, trash or pass. So, we're going to have to do both. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> and then Batman and Robin, I put it number seven. Um... It is again. It was just. It was just bad. Um, <laughs> and then there's a. And then there's a really big jump. Um, so then, then I had to, you know, ranking these last ones are actually a little bit harder for me. But uh, I got number six. I got Batman Returns. Um, oh yeah. I I know we we kind of bashed that one <laughs> when we watched it. Uh, I I remember you definitely didn't like the penguin biting that guy's nose off. No, I thought, the... I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, well, like, I mean, <laughs> unintentional comedy is what it was. Yeah, yeah, that that that's what I meant. Like unintentionally funny. Uh, and uh, you know, and then the the really awkward origin story of uh, Catwoman in that one. Um, so it was just uh, it was just bad. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, I still recommended it. Um, just kind of round out the uh, um, those two first first two Batman movies. Uh, then I've got uh, Batman Begins at number five. Uh, actually, nothing wrong with it. Um, I just thought the other ones were better. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, number four, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I know Patrick said that was his favorite. And uh, it, it was really good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it just didn't stand up to the next ones. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm. I've got a number three. And uh, that one recently... I put that one so high is just because I was, uh, it just had that, that feeling, that continuation from Batman 89, which I had at number two. And mm-hmm. then my favorite Batman, my favorite Batman of all time, believe it or not, Noah is, uh, the dark Knight. Um, and oh. mainly just because, yeah, I, I think dark Knight is the number one Batman movie for me. And it's really just the, just the interaction with him and the Joker and, uh, and, I mean, I, I know Heath Ledger's um, performance is really good, but I think his performance brought up everybody else as well. And then I, I just like reading, you know, doing like reading the behind the scenes and stuff. And uh, Alfred's uh, when they first meet the Joker uh, when they when he breaks into that uh, party, and that uh, they actually people actually forgot their lines when they first saw uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah. So that that was really uh. So yeah, the Dark Knight. I know, I, I know you're probably expecting me to say Batman '89, but uh, I did. It was definitely the Dark Knight, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, uh, here's my list. I think so. I'm gonna because I think 
if we're looking at at a technical level, it is at the very bottom of the barrel, just awful as far as technical. Though, <laughs> however, I am the one person on the show to give it a recommend. So I think I'll mention <laughs> thanks for entertainment value, but uh, yeah, this is by far the worst one. Um, but uh, Batman and Robin is just unbearably bad. I I could stand it. It's got like, some unintentional comedy in it. I mean, I think when a uh, bat girl shows up and literally says right to Batman, Bruce, Barbara! <laughs> just, I, that's just what I threw in my head. I was like, this is awful. Um, but yeah, that movie is just that, something I never want to go back to. Then I have Batman Forever. There were little nuggets of things that I liked. They were just overshadowed by just the bad performance by Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey was just straight up annoying. Worse, like, Jim Carrey for me. Just, like, I feel like the the people who don't like Jim Carrey hold this performance up. It's just, like, yeah, this is basically, this guy isn't enough. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that movie at all. Val Kimmer and George Clooney were not very good as Batman. Um, the, the Batman Returns, um, which um, I did not give that one a recommend. I think that just really for some uh, funny moments where I was like, oh, this is just hilariously bad with like the penguin bottling his nose, just some of the awful lines Catwoman says. Um, but like, I didn't like the penguin at all. And just the lack of Batman or growth with that character, I, I didn't like that at all. It, it was, uh, it kind of shows that like people keep trying to make Burton this like uh, franchise builder, and I, it, it's clear that he doesn't want to do that. Um, it, but it just shows in these recent movies he's been there that seems to be all he does. Um, but yeah, Batman Turns was kind of a weaker, not recommend, but still uh, not one I want to go back to. Um, then I have Batman 1966, um, with, uh, Adam Ooh, West. I forgot about Yeah, this is one that I did not recommend, but I think people who wanted to see what the show was like could just watch this and get that idea, but I'd honestly just say the show, just go see the show. This movie just runs on too long, the second half, I was kind of ready for it all to be over, um, but... Yeah, even though I like Adam West and Burt Ward and all that, it really just didn't do much for me. The show is itself is good, though, for sure. Um, and then after that, I have uh, I have Catwoman for entertainment value. I think that movie is just laughably bad. <laughs> just, I mean, so many just iconic lines in there for me. Just, just so bad. It's good. It's a guilty pleasure for sure. Um, after that, though, Mask of the Phantasm. I don't is the lost gem people believe it is. It, it is like I've heard some people say that it is the best. And I just disagree. I it, it's nowhere near for me. But that animated series is right up. Is got some of the best Batman stuff you'll ever. Uh, I just, there was not, there were just some parts of the Mask of the Phantasm that didn't 100% work for me, but do like some of the things to do with making Batman's origin story, 
Um, Mark Hamill as Joker is, of course, fantastic. And Kevin Conroy is probably – he could – I mean, honestly, uh, he's kind of tied for me, which is kind of a spoiler for a head. Um, but at that, Batman 1989, uh, a classic for sure. I um, – Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Like you all said, nowhere near Heath Ledger for me, but still very fun performance. Michael Keaton, he's a good Batman. He's not my favorite, but I still think that he is a, a solid Batman. Um, I think the way this movie looks, was really, of course, got just a great, he's got a great eye for visuals. And I think I thought that this movie looked really well. It's got some. I just didn't go with 100%. Uh, just, uh, just some writing problems, honestly. But other than that, I think this is a very that is a um, iconic superhero movie for a reason. That I have The Dark Knight Rises, which um, you know, I had some problems with. Honestly, it's kind of tied with Batman 1989 for my number three three spot. Uh, but I, I, I that this puts it above. Is just because of how at this point I've connected with these characters like uh, Bale and or I guess Bruce and Alfred and uh, Fox. I, I I like all of these characters and you know of course uh, Gary Oldman who I think we've discovered is one of the key parts of this trilogy. I mean what he does here is just I think so underrated. And of course I don't think there's people who just are actively um, his version of Jim Gordon, but. Um, I think that he's a, a, a big aspect of this trilogy that isn't given enough thanks to. Uh, I thought he was very good in this installment, even though he makes some probably the, some of the most stupid decisions in comic book movie history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe giving him a little too hard of a time there, but yeah, it's really just burying my face in my hands there. There's just some parts that didn't work for me. The, the runtime was a little bit... This, these uh, 1989 and Dark Knight Rises, they're definitely tied for their third Batman movie for me. Both very solid, eight out of tens. For uh, number two, it's, uh, this is uh, what he all said. It's what's one of the best superhero origins ever. Uh, right up there with like Iron Man and uh, Spider Man by Sam Raimi. Just this is a very very good um, introduction to Batman, who had just been in the gutter after Batman and Robin and then we had Catwoman to just remind people that this be the Batman. Um then this movie just comes along and what's sorry I, I blacked out there for a second. Oh you're good. Uh, oh weird yeah, okay. Um, and, and this franchise was just in the gutter after Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, and then Catwoman came along. You just remind people that this, this was a property that was still um, not ready yet. Uh, but then Christian Nolan and Christian Bell come along, and I think they made something really special here. Um, it's I think as time has gone on, people have seen just what a good movie this is it's not nearly as highly rated as like the dark knight but i think it it has some very um strong parts and it's still one of, one of my favorite comic book movies for sure 
but of course, I don't think this surprises anyone, but at the number one spot was The Dark Knight. Uh, that This one just blew me away. Uh, I've seen it about a dozen times now. It never gets old. Uh, I think I just, I kind of noticed, you know, Christian Nolan's not perfect. I, I don't think this is a 100% a flawless movie. Um, I, but I, when I'm making my like favorites, I am not looking for pitch perfect. I'm, I'm just wanting to see which is my favorite. And I, I don't think any of the movies on this list are pitch perfect. Um, but this one comes the closest for sure, quality wise. The acting is great. Heath Ledger gives one of my all time favorite performances is the Joker. Uh, I think he just really knocked it out of the park. Um, Christian Bell is, of course, excellent. I don't think that guy could give a bad performance. Um, Gary Oldman, I think he's giving his best performance as Commissioner Gordon. I think he's great. Um, we haven't really talked about the scores a whole lot in these movies, but uh, I think Zimmer just really is such a great composer, and he did an excellent job with the dark with this trilogy. And then you know Danny Elfman did good with the 1989 and um, 1989 movie, and then. Batman Returns, that still had a pretty good score, even though I didn't like it as much. Um, yeah, Dark Knight is fantastic. It looks great. I've heard people say that the, this version of Gotham is is boring. I, I really don't understand that. I, I think that this is an excellent-looking Gotham that feels much more of a character than it ever has before. Um, I think this movie looks fantastic. It's got some really cool action chases. Um, yeah, this is great. Great characters as well with Joker and Batman. Um, and I think my favorite Batman it would probably either be Bale or Conroy. Um, I think there's just so much depth in Conroy's character. I think ultimately I'm giving it to Bale just because he's working the hardest. Um, I think that's really what puts it above for me. And I'm not, I'm not someone who's biased towards animation, but it's just that live action performance that give, makes it one step above for me, even though uh, Conroy's Batman is absolutely fantastic. Um, Sam, did you say who your favorite Batman was? I no, no, I didn't. Uh, I do like Conroy just because I really enjoyed the uh, animated series so much, mm-hmm. um, and it. Um, I really, I mean, it's really kind of a tie. I'm taking a cop out. It's really kind of a tie between Conroy Bale and um, and Michael Keaton. Um, yeah, you know the the other ones just kind of. Fuck. I choose not <laughs> to talk about them. Yeah, and then I, I think. One of my favorite things with Michael Keaton is, like, I, I read when he was uh, playing the Vulture in the le- the last Spider-Man movie, he kept whispering that he's Batman the entire time he was fighting and stuff. And then there's that clip <laughs> when he gave the he, he gave he, there yeah there was a clip when he gave a commencement speech and he ended it with saying I'm Batman. So it, you know he just kind of gets uh, he gets a lot of kudos for just yeah just being a fun Batman. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> that's all. So I guess that that wraps it up. We are at the end of talking about Batman, at least for a little while. If we ever do a a DC retrospective or a a Lego Universe retrospective, we'll have to talk about him again at some point. But man, guys, I'm tired of talking about Batman. I never thought I'd say that, but (laughs) I am done for a little while. I'm I'm out. But um, I'll tell you one thing. I'm excited about the new movie. I've, I've seen some of the photos where they're filming at Chicago. Um, I'm getting excited for sure. I'll be recharged and ready to talk about Batman then because I think for sure we're going to have to all come back and have a little reunion and talk about Batman for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. So absolutely. I, um, so I guess we got to do our five movies we want to see soon. Um, Ooh, so yeah. uh, Patrick, you want to go ahead and start us off? 
Sure. Um, I am going to try and finish the Kasi trilogy. Um, there's so I I can't pronounce the names very well, but there's two more left. And then um, Visitors is the last big movie that Philip Glass and uh, Godfrey Reggio teamed up on. So I want to watch that one as well. Mm-hmm. And um, hold on. Let me pull up my Amazon real quick. I know I had more on my list. I've been watching lots of TV, though. So Yeah. Let me see. Oh, yes. 28 Days Later with Killian Murphy of Scarecrow fame, uh, directed Mm -hmm. by Danny Boyle. I have never seen that one. And I'm sorry, what? Oh, that's just one of the best. uh, That kind of really just brought in the fast zombie uh, (laughs) intake. Like the World War Z trope. Yeah, I'm excited. I I hope it's good. I I really love the actors and the directors. So, I, did, I've heard good things. Yeah, did you like it, Sam? Oh, I yeah, it's, it was awesome. I saw it in the theater when it oh, came man. out. Uh, I I really enjoyed awesome. it. Uh, and then uh, I also have as good as it gets on my list with Jack Nicholson. Oh. So actually, lots of Batman actors carrying over. Mm. Oh maybe, yeah, maybe that's a subconscious thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's my list. Who's up? Sam. Um, so I, uh, I, I want to watch it just because it looks absolutely crazy and it's got Nicolas Cage in it, but he, he has a, a new movie out called, uh, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I saw the trailer for this and I think yeah. there's a line that Nicolas Cage says is because I'm crazy. And I was like, yep. <laughs> that is just such yeah. a line that he I, definitely came up with. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to watch it just because of that. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing really to do with I expect it to be good. It, it's kind of like the Velocipaster one. <laughs> that I was like, what is this? You know, it's just, uh, just crazy. But mm-hmm. uh, that that was a big one. I'm kind of like Patrick. I've been watching a lot of TV lately, um, mm. especially with The Mandalorian coming back out and uh, – and, some other things, but uh, you know, recently I, I've been wanting to rewatch Pan's Labyrinth a lot. Um, oh, that's yeah. another one, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that one, and uh, and I like I remember just watching it the first few times and without spoiling too much. There's the part where the that captain like smashes that guy's face with like a coffee mug or something. Yeah, I saw I a clip just, of that. Watching, going, holy crap! So, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely uh. It, it just like it, you didn't realize who the bad guy was, and I mean, you knew, you knew he wasn't like a, a good dude, but uh, <laughs> once that happened, you're like, "Well, this is all right. This is the bad guy." <laughs> um, and then I, I know we talked about it earlier, but um, I watched the prequel to the thing, and then it kind of led in. I, I haven't watched the the original in a while. Oh yeah. So uh, the '82 thing, not the not the '64 or the I can't remember. Which, I, I didn't realize the other one was there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that that's another one I've uh, I've got on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't, and I know I I wanted to go back and rewatch, kind of rewatch the Hellboy movies. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I love it. I haven't quite gotten, haven't quite got. Yeah, I really, you know, the Hellboy two Golden Army is is is. The best of the Hellboy movies, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's the what original I've heard. one was really good. Um, 
I, I rewatched the original one and I enjoyed it a lot more uh, than I had um, the first time I watched it. And then uh, the one with David Harbour, I, it got panned, but I didn't think it was that bad in the movie. Um, oh. But I, I, just, I just want to go back and rewatch them. <laughs> oh, and, got a little hot take there. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, uh, I've seen worse, like, you know, Batman Forever. And, yeah. Uh, stuff like that, so. Um, and then, uh, fi- uh, uh, finally, I wanted to, I want to rewatch, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just, uh, talking about practical effects when we're talking about the thing. Um, I'm, if I remember right, I think they did everything except for that giant, uh, you know, the giant storm was nothing but practical effects. They built all those cars and they used every single one of them. So, Shout out really to cool. our view, people. Go check it out, Patrick and I. Yep. Loving that Bad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, you got the whole series up there to check out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, no, th- I, I think that was just about everything. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, for me, um, okay. So I went to see Drive with Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know that's a big one. I know, Patrick, you like that one. And I've heard good things. It's on Netflix. I think I might catch it soon. Um, so I definitely want to see that. Uh, I want to see Incendies. I, I don't think I'm saying that right, but it's by Denis Villeneuve. Um, this is kind of kind of like the uh, start of his career. He hadn't made his big ones like 2049 or Arrival or Sicario, but um, I've heard really good things about this one. Uh, so I'm still excited to see it. Um, um, I, you know, I would, I was thinking about saying Dune by David Lynch. I just don't know if I am going to, uh, it, it's one that I, I've heard just such mixed things about that. I don't know, like, if I'm like really, if I really want to spend like the two hours to sit down and see it anytime soon, but I'm sure I'll catch it before that. I'm not going to count that as one of mine. I still need to see Stalker. Um, that's what I've mentioned so many times now and just haven't gotten to, but, um, I'm. It's just trying to find the time to <laughs> sit down and watch it. It's almost about three hours, two hours, two hours and forty five minutes. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one I want to see. Um, I still have to get to It's a Wonderful Life. Um, that's one that I've yeah you know, I've heard so much about. And just still haven't seen. Uh, and I need to see Kill Bill Volume Two. Um, because I saw first one, loved it, thought it was the coolest movie I've ever seen. So <laughs> I'm gonna see the second one for sure. Um, and then I'll, that's pretty much my five. But I want to mention, uh, I want to rewatch There Will Be Blood because uh, after seeing Phantom Thread, uh, I was kind of just reminded, uh, like how great uh, Daniel Day Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson are together. So I definitely want to revisit that one. Um, and then I do want to catch the, uh, Daredevil show on, uh, Netflix because, uh, I've heard that out of all the Marvel shows, that's the best one. I haven't actually seen any of them. Um, I tried some of the DC ones and never really hooked me, but, um, uh, I've heard that Daredevil's really great. Um, but I'm also doing some reading as well. I gotta admit. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, the, the, I found the Punisher to be better. Um, oh, yeah. The Punisher series, you know, that I find the Daredevil to it, it's really slow. It really drags in like the middle of the the series. It seems like there's a lot of filler, but oh, 
we'll have to see then. My my hopes just sunk a little bit. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, who, who knows? You, you may really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let y'all know if I ever catch that one. But um, um, I am doing a little bit of reading as well. Um, I am reading The Exorcist. Uh, I've seen the movie. I don't plan to anytime soon, but I, I am reading that. Then I'm also uh, going to be reading Salem's Lot by Stephen King pretty soon. I, I finished Report of the Cuckoo's Nest, and I've got quite a few things to read. So that's what I'll be reading for a little while as well. Um, and um, that's it, I, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're at the end. Um, now I, I kind of feel like we've I don't know we're building up to it anymore. This has kind of been the thing. We started the show, and it's like, we're going to finish Bad in Retrospective. Now we do, and I'm like, what are we going to do now? Well, I guess we're going to be doing Bond, I guess. Yes, we are. Uh, we'll be tackling Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. I'm excited. Um, I was listening to some uh, audio from the soundtrack of uh, Skyfall, and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how great this movie was. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, I know, Patrick, you haven't seen many of the Daniel Craig Bonds. I think you've uh, Bond films. You've only seen Spectre, right? Yeah, I I really need to fill in some of those. I have seen Casino Royale as well, and that's a great yeah. one. But yeah, no, I am not. I'm not like the biggest Bond fan, but honestly, I'm pretty interested. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to like expand my knowledge of that area and maybe find some something I like in it. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about that one for sure. We don't we don't really know when No Time to Die will be released, um, but uh, we're still that's we'll be ready for sure. We'll have those four uh, episodes out, and then uh, we might have some list rankings. Just um, as bro, I've been thinking about like Patrick, you and I like doing like pitching superhero movies. Like I thought that'd be a cool idea for sure. Like like pitching yeah. pitching like a remake or something like that, or with a new hero or something. I thought that'd be cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so we'll maybe have those episodes coming out soon. Uh, we, but we've reached the end of our bad retrospective. Sam, Patrick, this has been a, a blast for sure, talking about these movies with you. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Absolutely. It's been a great time. Yeah, we'll have to get you back on again, Sam. We'll have to find another series for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. And I, I, that brings into our episode. You can go listen to some of our other episodes. We talked about Mad Max. You can go listen to our reviews for those. Or go back and listen to where it all began with our Batman retrospective. Um, let us know if you think of the show um, by going uh, to, uh, I guess it's called Apple Podcasts. Yeah, leave us a five-star review with a little review. Um, and then you can also let us know with our email, moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com. Um, guys, what are your plugs? Uh, I, I got no plugs. I'm not connected. Um, I'm off the grid, out of the loop. Uh, you can send me an email at patrickosegan at gmail.com and say hi. I'll be there. <laughs> Sam? I, I have finally gotten on board uh, with Letterbox. Uh, it's a pretty simple Sam Fratchim on Letterbox. I haven't... Uh, mm-hmm. I've... Uh, Recorded a few movies I've watched, but I haven't, I haven't sat down and written any uh, reviews yet. But uh, I hope to start. Yeah. Yeah, you could also find me on Letterbox. My handle's uh, No Dukum, uh-huh. and then you can also let me know. Uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say there. You can also check out my blog, the No Dukum Hub. Blogspot. Com. Uh, 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or, or listen to it with our email review, maniax2020 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And, uh, well, I guess you can catch us soon with uh, Bond. Thank you.